0: Around the NFL podcast. Can't pronounce Wimbledon. Live-ish from London. It's the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a hotel room filled with some heroes. Ricky Hollywood on the ones and twos sitting across from me looking comfortable and alert after a ten-hour flight, it's Greg Rosenthal. Here
1: we go, baby. Back in England, we home, baby. Hey, jet lag is for the weak, you know. Jet jet, <laughs> jet lag is, is a mind, mind. state. We're uh, gonna, we're gonna overcome this. We're gonna come with the the best podcast we ever did straight off the. This point. is how Greg talks now, by the way. It's so weird.
0: He got on the plane, <laughs> flew halfway across the world, and now he talks like a local television tough guy.
1: It's great. Welcome. I, I'm I'm thrilled. It does feel good to be here. It feels good to be to be well rested uh, with the help of Erica's uh, medication she gave me on on the flight. It's you important. guys, you guys are hurting after taking the naps. Can't take the naps. The naps hurt. Classic mistake. Rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah,
2: paying for it. I'm I'm hanging on by a thread here, and we're about a minute thirty into the show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, we're in the hotel room. We're all on the same floor here in uh, downtown London. And um, we set a goal to start taping at 4.30. We have Neil Reynolds of Sky Sports fame uh, who should be arriving and knocking on the door. A gentleman will be knocking on your door any moment, Ricky. Oh,
2: wow. Once again, I got the biggest hotel room. Not sure how that happened.
0: Um, That's not true. Yours isn't any bigger than mine, please.
2: All right. Well, then you should
0: host. (laughs) The host has the smallest hotel room. This is a recurring theme (laughs) every time we go to London. I think I'm going to do the thing where I try to move rooms. This aggression will not stand. It's a microaggression. You
1: did it last time in Miami.
0: Uh, Miami. I think mine
1: is actually a little bigger um, and slightly nicer than Erica's if you wanted to take a look. Last time
0: time we were in London, you guys were all in palatial estates and I was in like a, a converted boiler room. I remember it was like legitimately a dangerous place to live. There was steps and a a, a a hot pipe right next to the bathroom. And I remember thinking to myself, like, is this this is supposed to be a luxury hotel? This is not a luxury hotel. Now I'm overlooking like the dining area while you guys have a view of the city out your window. Will not stand. I'm going down to the this lobby. Is, male is, Karen style. This
1: is just um, male Karen. unsavory. This is a five-star hotel. The NFL sent us over to London. We've come a long way. We've come a long way, um, you know, since five. I years will not ago. overlook the dining patio. I will overlook the city of London.
0: And right on cue, Neil Reynolds <laughs> walks into Erica's room with confidence. It's like he's done that before. <laughs> Just strolls right into well, a is ladies' that, hotel is that a room.
2: Coffee for me too. How, oh, so <laughs> sweet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Neil's gonna join us in just a bit, uh, and we are uh, giving you a little, uh, a little bit of an early jump on the preview episode this week. We're gonna go through every game, including, including Thursday night football, which is actually played on Friday. I just learned this. All this time I've had, I knew it was late, but it never c- connected with me that Thursday night football is actually Friday morning football. In the UK, there is no such thing as Sunday night football. It's Monday morning football. There is no such thing as Monday night football. It's Tuesday morning football. That's what it's like. So just a reminder, all the people that wonder what it's like to be a football fan on in this side of the world, it is different. You got to be legit to stay up and watch all these games. <laughs>
1: Why are you
2: laughing, Erica? It's just the the in-depth analysis that we <laughs> just got of each day of the weeks that turned into morning. I mean, I... It's
1: just waking up here. I'm He's excited. right, though. I, there is something to it. There is something to it that to be a fan over here or in Australia or really wherever you're going to be, it brings out a special sort of fan. Like, it brings out the sort of fan that is going to pack out Jets Falcons at a neutral site. On Sunday, if you put Jets Falcons at a neutral site in the States, maybe you'd fill the stadium. Maybe you wouldn't, but you wouldn't have like a Super Bowl like atmosphere, which we really will have Sunday. I've been to enough of these games that like the crowd is going to be going wild uh, and they're not even Jets or Falcons fans. I mean, who who are Jets and Falcons fans anyways?
0: We are here. We are proud. <laughs> I'm going to be at uh, Jets practice. I think Ricky's coming with me on Friday. Uh, we're going to have our live shows on Thursday night. There's two shows, one sold out. There's another one uh, where the tickets might be available. Check it out. Ricky, get
1: the plug in.
2: Top secret comedy club. I think um, Greg just posted on his Instagram about it. Yeah. Go check that out. Stories. Yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, and we also might try to do a surprise pop up. At least I know I want to uh, with the buddy at at some of these uh, NFL sponsored bars that are here. But yes. enough about that. Yeah, there's like a Falcons bar and there's a Jets bar that's open all weekend, so people should check that out. You never know who you might see. But you know, I we know where we. I can almost hear like the the American fans and the Asian fans. They're just like get on with the week, uh, get on with the week five preview. <laughs> the we Asian fans, they're all over the place. <laughs> we have right? we have tons of Asian fans. <laughs> Australia. You know, Australian Eastern fans. European, Eastern Europeans like ooh, Western Europe. They always gets the pop. It was just, it was just funny that
0: you singled out the Asian fans having a particular issue with us going on about our trip to England right now. My
1: father in law, you know, he's a big listener. <laughs> he is literally walking right now um, from Tokyo to uh, Osaka, I believe, by himself. With no purpose. Just they, like,
0: oh, he's doing, he's like walking he's the just, earth.
1: He's just walking. It's going to take him about a month and a half. Not with anyone. Didn't really tell him any people. He just decided to just start walking. Did he, 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 so he have like comfortable like two, shoes on? Two what? weeks into it. Yeah, he's got some nice boots. <laughs> it's a pretty wild situation. He sends pictures. Uh, he's a strange man. Is he, is he going to be at the live show on Thursday night? He won't be there.
0: Yeah. Okay, maybe he could swing by. All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go through all the games, including Friday morning football uh, and uh, <laughs> Monday morning football, uh, Tuesday morning football. And guess what? Let's do it this way. Neil is here. He's sitting in the chair. He only brought one coffee, even though I, nice I was asleep. and We were scheduled to start at 4.30. I sat up in a flash panic from my bed at 4.37 in um, a dead sleep. So now it's 5.08. So I'm not totally awake, but I'm awake enough to talk to Neil. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I've got, I always will heed the call whenever you guys
3: ask me. So it's great <laughs> to be back on. But a couple of issues. Yes. Uh, so starting one, with issues. Well, yeah. Well, here's start, the issue. I get We've them out. have been going for 15 minutes and <laughs> well, no, we haven't because, gotten to the first Oh, okay. Yet. So there's 15 minutes okay. and I'm not. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the issues. Because you told me I'd be on for 30 minutes. And then I realize we're drafting games. I listen to you guys. Mm. You never draft in
1: thirty minutes, right? Julie's got the dinner on. No, you can do? you can leave halfway through the draft. You, you, thirty minutes. Oh, the no, draft. I'm not gonna do that. We're just, I mean, I we're just trying it. to give you uh, you Air know a nice flavor and then and then
3: move you along your way. I don't need to move on. I'm good. <laughs> well, and the other one, yes, I always listen. You don't know this, but I drive ninety minutes to Sky on a Sunday night, on a Sunday afternoon right. before the show, and I always listen to the preview show.
0: Mm. Now I can't listen to it. <laughs> I know I know what's going to happen. <laughs> So that's Sunday, Rude. Well, maybe you can listen back to it and critique your own performance. I know oh, on no. Sky Sports an you do the voice. same thing.
3: It's an annoying voice. I don't um, want to listen
0: to no, it. No, you add
3: class to the proceedings, Neil. Listen can I get we'll my phone? I haven't got the games in front of me. <laughs> you,
0: do you need your phone? I don't know all the games. I'd right. like well, to say I Just get up. The you
1: know, the listener won't know what you do. You'll be all right. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> it's, an, it's an audio program. This will
0: do. We'll have Neil. Uh, we'll go through the primetime games, maybe start the draft, uh, and then let Neil get home to Julie and the family. <laughs> Um, I feel like that would make us Class acts. Let's get into it. Let's start, yes, by previewing uh, the first game of the week. It is the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Huge uh, division matchup here uh, for two teams. One coming off a win, the Seahawks, who went to San Francisco and righted their ship, Neil, uh, with a huge win over the Niners, and then a Rams team that got humbled a little bit. No doubt about it. They have the Cardinals, another division game. The Cardinals came to SoFi Stadium and whipped them. And I think, Neil, one thing I took away when I was watching these games uh, in week four was if you are in these division showdowns in the NFC West and you do not bring your A game, you can get embarrassed. And I think about what the Rams are going to encounter against the Seahawks and it could happen again if the Rams don't play better football.
3: Yeah, if I'm going to trust one of these two teams, I think I trust the Rams and Sean McVay. I'm I'm really worried about Seattle's defense. I mean, I actually think it's getting worse. I don't think it's getting better. Um, I still believe in Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, um, and I believe they can bounce back more. I think there was a large period of that game against San Francisco where Seattle just weren't very good. That scoreline kind of flattered them at the end. I think it was convenient for them that Trey Lance came in does that sound weird when I say Trey Lance, not Lance? No, I
1: like it. It's Lance. A, Again, you bring some you class. class. Trey Lance. When Trey up,
3: Lance comes in. Do you have
1: like a posh British accent? <laughs> this
3: is it. This is all you... This is just one.
1: <laughs> no, I know, but there's, there are many different oh, yeah, no, ones, and s- I can't tell the difference, but like, so I'll people start hear pronouncing them my- and they'll be like, oh, he's rich, right. and then other people hear it and there's like, oh, his parents are, are something he's ashamed about. Like, which are you? I'll start to pronounce my T's a bit more okay. if I'm trying
3: to be... Careful, otherwise I might. Yeah,
0: that's like the uh, in the Departed, <laughs> when Matt Damon's, uh, you know, going after DiCaprio's character, and it's like, oh, so you know, when you you're lace you're lace curtain, aren't you? You know, when you're when you're hanging out with your family in your nice town, nice part of New England, you're all dignified. Then you go to Southie and you drop your Rs and become a tough guy. Like, are there different mm. levels to Neil's English accent?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm talking to you know the builders building a wall in my garden. Or something. Right. Oh, i will going to talk all oh, right. You, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Bring, it, bring it all the way down. So um, anyway, <laughs> I like I like the, I like the Trey Rams. Lance is great
0: <laughs> and we should only call him Trey Lance for Lance. the rest of the week. Lance, Yeah. Lance. Like he's got an R in it. and I'm excited right. about that game too because I, I
1: think this is sort of a big week in the NFC West. The last two weeks it's, it, they've played this round robin and I personally believe there's a big separation between the Rams and Cardinals at the top and the Seahawks and the 49ers at the bottom, just in terms of how they've played so far. Now, it hasn't totally shown up in the standings yet. They've only played four games. But this is a week where you could see that separation because if both Arizona and the Rams win, and I think they will, then that separation becomes real. They look like the teams that are more complete. Uh, I, I look at Seattle... And I just think, like, you're not getting a lot of juice from Jamal Adams. Mm. You know how everyone's like, well, he's a, he's a great pass rusher. How many pressures does Jamal Adams have this year, Dan? Take a guess. If I had a guess, I'll say six. Zero. What? Uh, zero wow. pressure, zero big plays, hasn't gotten his hand on the ball. And I just think you Wait, can... Jamal him,
0: he has... Doesn't have a pressure. Through four games,
1: it's zero expensive. pressures. I mean, I don't it's think expensive. they're using him quite as much. He has Whoa. been around the ball, but he's not making a big impact. And I just think there's so many mismatches when you look at their cornerbacks. And the Rams, unlike San Francisco a week ago, has so many different players that they can throw to, that Sean McVay can find the matchups that mismatches. Matthew Stafford did not throw the ball well last week, but... If you have open receivers, he'll hit him. And whether it's Jefferson or it's going to be a Woods game or Higby or someone's going to have Trey Flowers or DJ Reed or wh- whatever Seahawks cornerback is struggling in this game, like they will find him. They they beat him twice last year, two out of three times, including that playoff. He's six and three against uh, Pete Carroll overall, Sean McVay. So he has a nice little history, and this would be a nice win to wipe that taste out and kind of bury the Seahawks here. So the right. only thing that didn't work, the only thing that worked last year is not being used that way this year. Right. That's, that's a worry. Stafford, I, I, one quick thing on Stafford I just want to point out is that he's had sort of like a – almost like a boring season. If you look at PFF's numbers, he is not in the top 20 in big-time throws, which is just kind of like a stat they use for like really impressive wow plays. And he's not in the top 25 in turnover-worthy plays, which is great. So he, to me, he's like playing very much within the scheme. Like he's a system quarterback – in a great system. I mean, he's better at it than Jared Goff, but so there's not like
0: a lot of wow there. There seems to be a disconnect there, and, you know, PFF, that's subjective, of course. I mean, I feel like the Rams' offense has been significantly more explosive this season than it was at any point last year. Doesn't it feel that way? I wouldn't say it. They when are. When I look at the Stafford
1: Rams so just far, they're, kind they're lacking deliveries, throws to open receivers that maybe, you know, that, that this he's making good decisions. Even last week, I thought there were open receivers. He just missed them. I like the Cardinals' defense probably got a little too much credit in that game.
0: The Seahawks needed that game in a big way uh, last week, and you know I think Jamal Adams, you know, he's too good to be held down for this long. So all that tells me more than anything is, first of all, you know Seattle's like, whoa, we just gave this guy all this money; he can't disappear on us. But it also tells me he's probably due for a big game, and I, I can see that happening here. Um, And the thing about the Seahawks, Neil, is their defense, as bad as it was the first three weeks, I know you had some things work in your favor with Jimmy G getting hurt in that game, uh, Robbie Gould getting hurt, but I saw progress there. So this game, who who do you got in this game?
3: I'm going to go with the Rams just because I, I, I feel like they're still a team that's like Greg talked about the separation. I still feel like they're at the top end of this division. It is only a two-game separation from top to bottom at the moment, but we're only four games in, so that's their defense already. is the
1: question right now. Yeah, they're twenty-first in in DVOA I think so far. They have given up a lot of plays; like they have not been the same defense. So maybe we get a little bit of a shootout. I think we could. And and you're relying on Russell Wilson magic still too much.
3: I
0: th- I think I I don't have a good feeling about Seattle generally. Mm. Alex Collins did some things on the ground uh, for Seattle, but I still would like to see Russ Wilson throw more than 23 times in a game. Maybe we'll see it on Thursday night. Let's move now to the primetime game, Sunday night football. The Chiefs at – excuse me, the Bills at the Chiefs. This is good. Oh, man. All right. So power rankings, I had the Bills number one Mm. Sunday night when I sent the preliminary list. Uh, to our producer, Jen Koski. I had him at number one after they beat the Texans 40 zip. And we're seeing the defense shutting teams out and the offense humming uh, or looking much better than it did early in the season. And then I said, I can't do that. I can't do that off a, a Texans pace thing. It's the Texans. Give me one more. Show me one more game. And I looked ahead of the schedule. I said, okay, if they can go to Arrowhead, Neil and beat up the Chiefs this is it this is it they're the number one team in the AFC and arguably the whole league it's a big test but perhaps the biggest test in this game when you just drill down to it is can the Chiefs get any stops to keep this from being just a back and forth shootout
3: and and that's that's the difference to me we're going to look at Josh Allen we're going to look at Patrick Mahomes but which which defense can come up with a timely turnover a timely stop um in a bit to be more like Dan Hansis I do power rankings as well, but then- they I know. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: No one reads them, though. Ricky, do we have a lawyer on retainer? No one, no <laughs> or do I, I have them. to call the league office? Cause, 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 no one cause, reads them. Because other, you know, <laughs> other companies, obviously, there's a lot of power rankings pretty much I, everywhere. But he works for the NFL. You yeah, can right. send an are, email to Neil. Reynolds oh, at nfl.com if, if you guys want. And, and if you're listening, just send him emails to the stop doing power rankings. And I'll, I
0: I'll delete and ignore. I don't. I don't tend to. <laughs> I don't tend to even recognize the presence of other power rankings. But I might have to. Yeah, I might have to stomp this out. You well, know. you've been doing it for thirty years, so you
3: know thirty no, years apparently, easily. Apparently, at um, this point. But okay. I did have Buffalo top. You had them one. Okay. Yes, and I think obviously Josh Allen's the 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 big thing that everyone pays attention to. But it's the defense as well. Their defense looks back more to. What we saw for most of 2019, what we actually saw in the playoffs against Baltimore as well, which we kind of forget because their rankings were kind of middling last year. Um, So if I'm going to look for one team to get a timely stop or a turnover, then I think it's Buffalo. That's ridiculous that the Chiefs might lose two within the first five weeks of the season Arrowhead. I don't know.
0: The thing with, uh, Greg, the hand ring about the Chiefs' offense, I just found that... To be laughable and then you go into week four and you're like oh yeah this is if they if he, they don't shoot themselves in the foot the Chiefs are as deadly now as they've been ever been to me and I what you saw it's not just Patrick Mahomes it's Andy Reid and the scheme they they had um, they had the Eagles twisted in so many directions it was so easy to score for the Chiefs and it just made me think that as much as I respect what Buffalo has done and yes, they have two shutouts uh, already in four games. I don't think the Bills are going to stop the Chiefs. I just don't see it. Maybe they'll get a couple of punts, but I don't think this is going to be a situation where you're going to see Patrick Holmes looking frustrated coming off the field for multiple uh, punts. Uh, do you, you see Buffalo finding a way to slow down this KC attack?
1: I think they get a couple stops, which is more than most teams. That so might that, be enough. That's something. Right. They haven't in the past, though. You mentioned that Bill's playoff defense. Well, that that good streak oh, ended yeah, the second they yeah, you're right. went to Arrowhead and got drilled, just like they got drilled in Buffalo last year in a different sort of game. That's like, why
3: it's a big test for Buffalo, because we haven't seen them pass it's, this test it's yet. It's their we?
1: chance to... Topple, and I'm so fascinated to see the approach because Kansas City is winning now on offense in a very different way. To, to your point, Dan, about how effective they are, they're actually scoring more points now per drive than any previous Chiefs team. They're they're scoring more points per drive than any team huh. in the history of the NFL. Now it's through four weeks. You're probably not going to keep that up, but like more than the 07 Patriots, more than anything, that's how effective they are. Teams have effectively shortened games against them. And so mm. that's why their their point total isn't quite as high as you would think right. when they're historically good per drive. They practiced, Mahomes and Reid talked about it all offseason, basically that if teams are going to back off and they're going to make us dink and dunk and they're going to make us run the ball, then we'll take that bet. Let's get better at running and let's get ruthlessly efficient at throwing the ball short. And they have had some turnovers. So that's why they have two losses. And the running game took a minute. But last week was the first time you said, wow, like this offensive line, they're starting two rookies who are playing really well. They're starting to run the ball well. If they can do that, then they're almost unstoppable. If I'm the Bills, though, I still take that approach. Like I still would take that than going man coverage and hoping you can stop Tyreek Hill. (laughs) Because if I was picking a quarterback to make a couple mistakes in this game, I'd still go with Josh Allen. Not Mahomes. Allen is second in the league in turnover worthy plays this year, uh, according to PFF. Uh, he, he's put the ball in harm's way, including he was last, out there week. last year. Like though. even last week against Houston, if you watched that game, wasn't a super clean game. You mm-hmm. know, he fumbled it, he, he put it in harm's way. And that's probably what the Chiefs are hoping for because they are not nearly as balanced as, as the Bills. And Matt Milano, the man line... I can't pick this game I don't know what I'm going to do i I have a column too game picks every just week slow down, you know, Greg. not just power slow down <laughs> it's not man. all about power rankings I know, I know I was
0: just going to say I Matt Milano, your boy, one of the most important players on the bill's defense suffered a hamstring injury last week he's out uh, his absence is going to be felt as well, so I think if I this is a tough one to pick i I'm going to roll with the chiefs and just think that as much as I respect the bills. <clears throat> They have to show me that they can beat the Chiefs, and I don't think it happens here. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go
3: Buffalo. I picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. Well, you have
0: them number one. I, I have like, him one number of, one power
3: rankings. I had in the unofficial, yeah, the fugazi but, power rankings. I had. Uh, I had Josh Allen on the cover of my season preview magazine. Um, I did also in that magazine have a feature <laughs> on Urban Meyer that was titled "Plan to Win." <laughs> Think what you think, what you want about that? Um, everybody's got a plan until, yeah, you, going, until you get punched. Go to the in the, bar. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, we'll get to that in a bit. Sorry, Ricky, there's the first bit to edit out. Um, no, uh, I'm any gonna any go Buffalo. Maybe I think on your podcast, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Uh, I'm gonna go Buffalo, and I think they, um, I think it's whoever's got the ball last in this game. I think I right, you get just Greggy. enough stops. I, mile, st- I
1: started the week thinking Buffalo because I do think they're the better team overall, and I do think just them winning this game at this point of the season makes sense. Even if Kansas City ends up getting them back later on, like this, it just makes sense. And yet when it, when I'm going to have to sit down and write it, I think later tonight, I think I'll just have a hard time doing that and I'll probably just take Mahomes. Because when I'm watching the game and Mahomes is, has the ball, I'm just going to be like, like oh, I was, doubt. how yeah, stupid right. was I
0: to pick yeah. against them at home? It's when stupid. in doubt, pick Mahomes. But as bad as their defense has been, the Chiefs, um, and it's been bad. It's 31st in total defense, uh, last in yards per play, 30th in big plays allowed, 28th in red zone defense. They're not t- getting the ball turned over much. It is, uh, It will be a red alert uh, for Big Red if they lose this game and fall back below 500 and the defense is not showing any progress. That's something to watch. Uh, that KC defense has struggled all year long. All right. Let us move on to Monday Night Football. Tuesday morning football. Tuesday morning football. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. We'll just be we'll be arriving home at
3: about halftime, I believe. Of this game. We do have some Sunday night football. I Don't want to confuse things, but you know, six o'clock kickoff and nine twenty-five.
0: It is it is very confusing to me, Neil. You have I mean, all the, so you do have. You would
1: think the multiple trips and then the year he'd understand there, there are time, time zones in, in the figure world. It out. Yeah. yeah,
0: but no. Here we go.
1: He already <laughs> wants to get back to America.
3: You can tell. I,
0: am, I am itching for the red, white, and blue <laughs> right now. Uh, no, here we go. Colts at Ravens. Monday night football. Our last uh, island game, as we call it. Uh, the Colts, Neil, got off the mat uh, in Miami. And put together what I thought was an all-around solid effort. You didn't watch a game and think to yourself, oh, wow, the Colts. Not only have they no. figured it out, they're about to get on go on a major run. But it was the type of game maybe a week later than I expected it personally because I thought we would get this performance against the Titans the week before uh, where a well-coached team with veterans and some playmakers <clears throat> steps up and gets a W. They got it 27-17. It's a different deal against the Ravens, though. I mean, this is not the Dolphins. This is going to be a tough game on the road. Uh, how do you see this game? I, I just, I'm not feeling the Colts at all. They're
3: such a disappointment. I, I really thought they were going to be better than they are. And I don't read much into last week's result at all. The Dolphins are terrible. Um, I think the Colts were just the better of two bad teams. I'm not believing oh. in Carson Wentz yet. Um I'm obviously watching, I'm in the Sky Sports Studios, so I'm watching red zone clips. I'm not seeing much. Uh, my son George is a Colts fan. He's watching every snap. He's like, We can't cross midfield. We're we're not we've got no difference makers. We've got no one who can do anything explosive. Uh it's Jonathan Taylor or bust really. Um I just don't see them going into Baltimore and winning this game.
1: It's just, a tough matchup because Baltimore is built to stop Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's going to do is that. built to stop the run and make them one-dimensional. And Baltimore, who I I was worried about in terms of like whether they'd be the old Ravens defense with all the crazy blitzes, man, they threw so much stuff at Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, like their heads were spinning. Uh, their their defense still mixes it up again, especially against bad offensive lines. And the Colts are a bad offensive line right now. Like they haven't proven that they can protect Carson once. I saw the the line in this game; it's a touchdown, and I thought, "Ooh, that may be too much." I can see the Colts hanging in there to the end. But the more I think about it, just Wink Martindale, like he deserves more credit as one of the best coaches in the entire NFL when he smells blood in the water with like a bad line and a quarterback that maybe isn't as. Um, that isn't Drew Brees or Tom yep. Brady back there. Like he can just make them look crazy bad. Uh, the defense, the Ravens' defense,
0: and held. that's
2: why I'm locking
1: up the Ravens. Oh Ricky! Uh, <laughs> oh I thought you said. Oh touchdown. Ricky! It's a oh. touchdown. Has to be under a touchdown. Actually. Oh Ricky! Oh, oh Ricky! Oh, oh, Ricky. Let's tried. He tried. He what, tried. What's your record in the lock mat, the game right now?
0: Oh, you oh. <laughs> lost again last
1: week? 0-3. 3
0: Jeez, Erica.
1: But if you include her record better. last season, it would actually be 5-15. and 5-18. 5-18. Of course, Greg tracking it. Because Greg didn't like a even, Greg his didn't his even
3: look any of that up. He just splurted someone out someone the rules. Someone
0: sent it to me. Someone sent it to, me. Yeah. No someone sent it to you, Greg. You are <laughs> a psycho. Why, why are you tracking her in this game this way?
1: Speak to it. Um, here's the, the real answer. <laughs> <laughs> I had to find out when she quit last year. When when remember she quit at some point, oh and so I, I was like she did quit, and then uh it was like week sixteen or something. So you went out of your way she, to she do was, research on this. This is this was a month ago. This is the I, bit I, I skip when numbers. I'm driving
3: to work. Now yeah. I can't. I'm having to live through it. Right. Yeah. This is the, the bit I like.
0: It's, it's the tension. It, it's there's true. a fog. There's a fog. Um, Henry Hodgson just rolled in with what, more stuff than what I what came with, and this is the most British snack that I've ever been handed in you my can life. Crack it's them open, called Percy Pig and Pals. You're going to love iconic, them, yeah. Or, or, Percy a, Pigs, oh, okay, oh, fantastic. Dan, wow, I have never felt more at home right now. I feel bad now, England. just bringing in my coffee when yeah, Henry's Neil comes rolls in with one Starbucks. We just coming in off with a, a ten-hour home- flight. It's just like, whoa, bro. Come on, what kind of no English hospitality is that? Um. Anyway, so Ricky try to lock up. Are we gonna let? Rick, oh, no, I know it's a it not allowed. So. There's rules. No. So there's rules. There's rules. rules. There's a code. Um. <laughs> anyway, 254 yards. Uh, the Baltimore defense allowed last week. Uh, so I don't. I don't imagine Indy's gonna move the ball. Well, I really. I really like the Ravens. In this game, uh, and I don't know this could this could be a blowout. I think it has I, that vibe it to will. it. Yeah, I don't I don't trust the Colts at
1: why, why are they giving the ball to Latavius Murray though? Bring back Tyson Williams. That the this is the worst running game the Ravens have had since Lamar Jackson took over at quarterback by far. Which maybe that doesn't hurt them this week. Mm. And it's fascinating to me that they took a heavy pass first approach against Vic Fangio and. The Broncos, one of the best pass defense in the league. So anyone out there who's like, hey, the Ravens aren't built to play from behind, or hey, the Ravens, they can't just like rely on Lamar's arm. like That's what they've been doing this year. They've totally flipped the script because they can't run the ball right now, which long-term, I think, is a problem. they got to play Tyson Williams. And anyone who's going to watch Carson
0: Wentz till 5 o'clock in the morning. All credit to him. <laughs> no, that is, that's legit <laughs> fandom. And if we talk about the dominance of Patrick Mahomes in September, we should mention that Lamar Jackson is 7-0 and in his career. In October, Uh, that is that's kind of a random stat, but that's just something you should know. Uh, And then I look at his stats, seven touchdowns, five interceptions, 81 passer rating. So not that impressive, but the Ravens have been winning in October since he took over as the starter. Um, Let's pause quickly for a break. All right.
1: Neil, do you really do you have to get back to your wife? Because no, you could I don't. skip the draft. Here. No. Even no, I'm draft. good.
3: No, I'm good. All right. I don't have the game still.
1: You still oh, we the is game? this
3: room like a
0: concrete <laughs> bunker or something? I have no signal. All right, let's do this, Neil. Let's do, because we're going to be here all day uh, at this rate. Let's do one round of the draft and then uh, we'll say goodbye. Let's do it that way. And since you are our guest, we will give you the first pick. In the draft, do you want do you want to look at my. Uh, no, lock, I,
3: know, okay. I know I've got my first one, so I didn't right. know if you can took it
0: off the board, and and if you want you know to get a lock out there, you know Ricky's mm. already started the lock process in a horrifying way. If you have a lock to throw out <laughs> there before you leave, let's hear that. Maybe have it's you, this game. Get us going. Have you checked with Rulebook Rule Rulebook
3: Rosie, we call him. <laughs>
0: that I can uh, I can
3: give a lock. Is that
0: but he, all right? Greg is the authority for all things lock related, but only specifically to Erica's picks. No. all right. I'm going to take, uh, with the first pick,
3: I'm going to take uh, Green Bay and Cincinnati. So uh, obviously we'll have all just enjoyed the Jets and Falcons uh, at Tottenham Hotspur. And then we're going to settle down and watch uh, Aaron
1: Rodgers. What are you doing? What are you doing during Falcons um, Jets? Uh, you're hosting, hosting, the, hosting the show yeah so you're, you're are wrong. you no i know but you're, are, do you, so wait, you're coming down to, just to clear the sideline so you
3: thought that you were just host you just thought you were the whole show no <laughs> i know we're check. on the sidelines my, my point was strong. are you going
1: to be like asking us questions i'm down just on basically the side yeah so i'm going to be up right. in
3: like some kind of ivory tower of a studio yeah. <laughs> throwing crumbs down to you airtime crumbs down to you do you miss? Do you miss? This news used to Greg right. This Greg. that no. he was hosted like with a big source.
1: Sort of we didn't think we were hosting. I know what you do during the normal games, but this is like your game is actually on underneath. So I don't know what happens. Yeah, no, then. I'm I don't really be, yeah we'll be in the studio. You'll be on the ask sidelines. us. Ask us some good questions. Maybe better questions. Wow! You now you really got to go after that. Greg
0: on live TV on Sunday. <laughs> At uh, the Big Tots, so um, yes. After we've
3: after we've watched uh, the Jets and Falcons, which I will be a part of as the anchor of the coverage.
0: Ooh, um, we dropped the anchor <laughs> in a big spot. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love it, Reynolds style. Uh, I will then be uh, watching uh, because that's our next game on Sky Sports. Uh, we'll be watching the Bengals and the Packers, and let's see if the Bengals are for real. You know, I, I think Joe Burrow's shown us that he is. Uh, we saw that last year. Um, Seen enough of that already this year. Uh, I think he's gonna he is saving Zach Taylor's job and and making that job more secure for him. Um, But I like the Packers as well, so this is a really tough one to to call. But I like to see good young quarterbacks playing well, and that's what this is. Yeah,
0: I think everyone's excited to see what's next now from Joe Burrow. This is coming off a ten day layoff. Uh, We saw in Thursday Night Football. Um, Burrow was, you know, so exciting in leading that comeback win in the second half over the Jaguars. However, it was the Jaguars. So this is a big step up now. They have, uh, they have a chance to really make a statement against Green Bay. And yet, I look at the desert, Greg, and this one stunned me. Uh, the right now, the desert has it as Packers by a field goal, and I'm thinking to myself, like, obviously, the desert knows things. <laughs> um, but in what world uh, are the Packers, you know, uh, almost, you know, in the same ballpark as Cincinnati? I'm just not there yet, I guess is what I'm, I'm trying to say with the Bengals. I think the Packers, even on the road, are going to have their way with the Bengals and continue to roll to, roll, in oh, no. momentum. And that is why, yes. Is he going to do it? If the desert's going to give me a field goal, if I only have to <laughs> lay that little amount of wood, Ricky, I'm going to
1: lock it up. <laughs> What
0: do you think? I mean, that's surprising
1: to you, right? You would have said four and a half, five. Yeah, I, I, it is surprising. But I think if you look at the two defenses right now, Bengals, top five in the league right now in DVOA. Pretty good. Packers defense might not have Jair Alexander. Probably won't. Their best player. Uh, Zadaria Smith, we'd ever mentioned on this show, is undergoing back surgery. He's been out. And, you know, we knew that. But now he might not return for the rest of this season. Uh, Elton Jenkins, the replacement for Bakhtiari at left tackle, hasn't played in a couple weeks. So you've got some missing key pieces. Those are like top 10 players on the Packers. And and one reason why I'm really excited to watch this game, not just Burrow against this Packers defense where I think he can move the ball, but Rodgers and the Packers offense has been good. I don't think it's been... Like yeah, next been- level this year for the most part. It's had its moments and I think this is a really tough matchup. I do kind of believe in this Bengals well-coached scheme and one of the reasons they gave up some plays to Trevor Lawrence last week was they did not have their two best players in the secondary available for that game Jesse Bates mm. and Awuzie and I think they'll both be back for this game so I I think it's I think 3 points sounds about right I think, it's I good, think it does This is a good game for someone like
3: Jesse Bates and actually for the entire Bengals team because we probably don't pay as much attention to them as as we should and and they to be on this stage now where they're playing against Green Bay is is going to be good for this team, but I'm kind of with you, Dan. I think it's a, it's a, it's a nice stage to be on for for the Bengals, but they're not
1: there yet. Right? He's picking they're- it. For, this is a very much a Westlock right here. His boy Aaron Rodgers against the team that he he never has any faith in, the Bengals. Because <laughs> it was funny last week because all the Westling brothers brothers are at the game. It was so cool that the Bengals won for you know for them. And Colleen mentions Chris. On the broadcast, right. and yeah. that was like amazing. But part of me was thinking too, like, man, Chris hated this this Bengals team. He would never, he would never, like, he would, would not know for what anyway. to do It'd with for Joe. With Burrow, Joe right? He would love Joe Burrow, and he loves that his family loves it. But I think this is like the moment where he would expect the Bengal season to start to crater. Right. <laughs> that was always kind of a, a fun conversation
0: with Chris um, after Burrow was drafted, uh, because there was always that potential. He loves such a fun. Um, quarterback with such a high ceiling and such kind of a charismatic guy that. And I think that's the vibe that you were picking up in, in Cincinnati on Thursday night as he was leading that comeback. Like We might have something special. Here. Yeah, this is something uh, if we can keep this guy upright, we have a chance to really build uh, this organization back into a winner with this guy leading the way. And they, you know, they couldn't protect him in the first two weeks. Uh, they did protect him in the last two weeks. I think They were
1: moving people against the Jaguars. I know it was the Jaguars, but they were right. kind of pushing him around so a little bit. That to
0: me, is, that will be the story of this game. Because if the Green Bay offense isn't running um, at full capacity and they're not putting any heat on Burrow, this game is going to get very uncomfortable very easily. I'm starting to talk myself out of my lock, no. but I'm going <laughs> to stay the course. I still feel good about it. Um, but... I'm, I guess I'm saying I respect where the Bengals are at right now. And they, if they do somehow beat the Packers, they, they start to become one of the biggest stories in the NFL because they are they will be seen as a Cinderella story on the rise. So that's that's a good one, Neil. Just good a,
3: pick for Sky. Just a quick uh, Wes memory. I remember obviously we do the hits on Sky Sports and you guys come on and you were all yes, doing sir. them in your respective bunkers during the pandemic. Right. Uh, and Wes last season came on, must have been week four or five, I think. And he was in his den or his office or wherever it was. And he had like a whiteboard behind him. He always had, a; it was like a board behind yes. him. And he'd written up on there in scribbled uh, marker pen, Joe Burrow is the real deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Yeah, And I, like I picked that. up on I,
0: And I would say that to us. It's like, Wes, come on. This guy, he could be the one. It's t- Can you get back? Can you... Get back together with the, with the Bengals. He never budged an inch. West wasn't one to budge an inch once he had made a decision on something. But I, I always I think, someday, I think about if he it. He kept it going, Joe yeah. Burrow. Uh, and by the way, just one last note on the Packers. Um, Rogers, you know, victories big and small against the Steelers in Week Four to be able to work Randall Cobb into that game and have him be. <laughs> A, uh, a factor, five for 69 and two touchdowns after Cobb disappeared. I mean, you know, you know
1: that he slept even better knowing like... Did you see the, the celebration when he got Cobb a touchdown? I've never seen Aaron Rodgers look <laughs> more like a 22-year-old boy. He, he was so uh, happy. He's there's, loving there's it. There's
0: still a few more
3: days left yet. He's going to get Clay Matthews a sack on Sunday yeah, night. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I, It'll work behind the scenes. I honestly think Aaron Rodgers, it's more important to him to stick it to the GM... Goody than to win a Super Bowl the good thing for the Packers and their fans is it kind of it all works together anyway but like if you actually uh, peeled back the layers of the onion like what his true motivation is it's making Goody look to be a fool
1: (laughs) that should be a ridiculous statement but that sounds really really true he's like winking at Mike Tomlin he seems like he's having a lot of fun All right. Let's uh, Greg, why don't you uh, grab the next game? Let's go 49ers Cardinals in the late window. I hope this is Trey Lance's first NFL start. Mm -hmm. So I really want to see that. We're taping Wednesday
0: evening here uh, in London. So there's a lot of uh, unknowns right now. I thought it was a little bit strange right the timetable. So Jimmy G leaves at halftime. And Henry's or, leaving
1: like I would love to like Hank, hang out with dinner. Henry, but let's go unfortunately, to like, just yeah. a
0: sandwich. I've always wanted to hang out with Hank in London because he's a handsome devil and, you know, he's got all sorts of contacts here. <laughs> I want to take me to the posh London underground of 1969. Like, is there a way I, I feel like you have some time travel possibilities here? What are we going to get crazy tonight?
2: And we can get on the London Underground,
0: that's about as far as we can take Oh, the train. Okay. All right. <laughs> Not exactly what I had in mind. I thought we'd be wearing tie-dye and listening to Magical Mystery Tour. I don't know. You just um, got here, Dan. Pace yourself. I know. I know. Uh, well, where were we? The Jimmy, You were
3: talking about Jimmy oh, G. Oh, Jimmy G. Yeah. So he,
0: he leaves at halftime with a calf. It's going to be a long one. He says immediately at uh, the postgame presser, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be down. I'm I messed up. And then the next day, Kyle Shannon is like, actually, no, it's a contusion. It's just a bruise. And, you know, maybe he'll play. And, and I guess, Greg, what jumps out to me with that is like, Kyle, unless there's something that we don't know, this is your window to just let the kid get in there and get a start here. He got a half a football to get his feet wet. and it, And if Trey Lance plays really well, Bam, we roll forward. And if he doesn't, then you gave Jimmy an extra week off and you put him back in the lineup. Why wouldn't you take this opportunity to put in the kid?
1: I also, I totally agree with what you said. I also think that Jimmy Garoppolo on the topic is more reliable. How many times has Kyle Shanahan <laughs> lied about his quarterback right. situation just this year alone? Yeah, yeah. He put, and he so doesn't. when you have two different quarterbacks that are so different, my instinct would be he's just trying yeah. to make the Cardinals prepare for both. He's not a, happy that Jimmy G's gone out right, there and exa- said, I'm I, out of this Jimmy, game. When Garoppolo said that immediately, that was one of my first thoughts, yeah. was like players usually don't say that because coaches want to, you know, keep that sense of uh, suspense. I would expect it be Trey Lance. And again, I was totally wrong and thought it might be Andy Dalton a week ago. So you, you never know how, which way the coaches are trying to confuse you. It should be Trey Lance for this game. Because the Cardinals' run defense is really bad. And I thought I thought the Rams would take advantage of it. And mm. they did run the ball well early in that game uh, with Daryl Henderson. And then they kind of lost track of it because they fell down by two scores. And that hasn't been who they are this year. But if you go back and watch, the Vikings destroyed them on the ground. Mm. The Jaguars ran the ball really well against them. And um, last week I thought the Rams did when they tried. So to me, Trey Lance, like the first Trey Lance start, you do – not want to be the defensive team to go up against him. Cause you're just not sure what he's going to bring. It's film. given, it yeah, gives know. me a little RG three in in 2012 week one vibes. I would say that.
3: Yes. From the, from the running threat. Yes. But I just looking at the, the game last week when he was in there, it was, and we use this term with quarterbacks when they're not kind of settled or experienced. It was just too frantic. So like, it wasn't his game plan, though. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, but I still, I still worry that it was like too much, and that he's too raw. Uh, you, you know I think I don't know if you do this, but we've got, um, so we got like Labrador dogs, mm-hmm. and like when you put a Labrador dog in the middle of the living room, <laughs> and then say you, all the family members call him and say, "Oh, if he comes to me, he loves me more." Right. Sure. That was. That, and your dog's like looking in every direction, like into every space. Yeah. Yeah. About five times per yeah. second. Oh, dogs are dumb and lovable. That was, Lab. I'm not saying that Trey Lance is dumb. Yeah. I'm just
1: saying he moved his head around like he was my Labrador. And we're all well, some bored. of those throws were rough. It reminded me, you know, what he reminded me a lot of was Josh Allen as a rookie. Good and bad. Like there's going to be. Badass plays, but man, like the bad throws are like, whoa! You're in the NFL. There's, what? There's, wow, this is crazy. That
3: looks worse than when a quarterback does a full 360 and right. then ends up right back where he should have been in the first place. It's gonna, <laughs> And, yeah. and that's throw.
2: why I'm locking
1: the car. <laughs> oh
0: my God, is that oh allowed? God.
1: Oh, yeah, that's understood.
0: I'm with Ricky, then lock me up. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you never never get in lockstep with Ricky on the lock game. <laughs> that is always That is safe. They're a heavy that's favorite, a but
1: they're not a touchdown, I don't think. Uh, I, listen, this is
0: – I can't – you know, I know Kyle Shanahan is a, a figure of fascination. Uh, he's always been on our podcast. Everyone loves Kyle Shanahan. And I, I respect the hell out of him. And that's part of the reason why I can't wait – for Jimmy G to be out of the picture. And I, I just, they're not fun to watch on offense. They're not. I think that's will. why you should go so to try
1: I I was thinking about this, you know, writing QB index because I thought this might be Jimmy G's last, you know, sec, sec, section in the article for the year. And it was like, if you think about... and You last, think he's
0: thinking about that is like QB
1: index? No, well, like well, I what, I mean in like, what I mean more is like, what I mean more is like, this is it for his time in San yes. Francisco possibly and what an anticlimax! because it really felt like this year they were chasing some sort of ideal that they had a few years ago like jimmy g used to make some great throws some throws with anticipation some wow throws right. some plays down the field like their offense really used to look better but this year it was it's so ultra safe with no big plays and it was like they were chasing nick mullins like nick mullins playing quarterback, move the ball better. So for whatever reason, I don't know why, it just wasn't working. And I think this is a dangerous lock for you too. I I will take the Cardinals in this game, but... Oh, you can see 49ers rushing for 200 yards. Right, it's just such a surprise (laughs) factor. And the the Cardinals, in the same way that the Rams were coming off this, like, statement win Mm -hmm. last week, are coming off this high moment. I would not pick against Kyler Murray right now. He has taken his play to another level. He's number one in the QB index right now. He, to me, is just like he is seeing the field he's making such good decisions and when he needs to improvise like he is the best so i would still take the cardinals but i just the surprise factor of it all with this 49ers team I a
3: little worried one other note on this game and it's just funny when i sit so far away from the the action thousands of miles away but when when nfl worlds collide it just makes me laugh so Josh Norman was in the Super Bowl, sure. was in the studio with with us. Remember yep. when it was the 49ers the suite, and the yep. Chiefs? He
1: stuck his finger right in my face. I he don't know did. why, but <laughs> we, have a,
3: we have a picture of it. And on that show, Josh Norman labeled Jimmy Garoppolo a game manager. He actually said on air, he's yeah. nothing more than a game manager. <laughs> and then I'm
1: like, and now Josh has turned up in San Francisco. It's yeah. just funny how these worlds go. Right. Collide. And they're having, but that's the thing. Look at the snaps. One last thing on the 49ers. I think the snaps tell the story. Playing Josh Norman. Playing Drake or Patrick, who they picked up two weeks ago. 61 snaps. Kyle Juszczyk has played more in the last two weeks than he's mm. ever played in his career. It's because it's like they need him. Mo Sanu, who is almost out of the league, is playing right. like 45 steps. It's it's sort of eroded somehow. I don't know how it happened exactly, but it's definitely yeah. like the talent. The, they're thought of as this like really talented team, but like are they? I mean, they have a not couple as deep guys, as but yeah, not as deep so. as
0: maybe we thought they were. Debo Samuel leads the league in receiving. He's been having some big chunk plays. It seems like every single week. And yeah, uh, it's funny you have you have Kyler number one in QB index. I have the Cards number one in the power rankings. I wonder how they come into this game. Coming off that high against the Rams, oh yeah, I mean because they're like big a NFL.
1: Is... people. They're checking a Tuesday power ranking, <laughs> exactly.
3: Wednesday QB index. that straight to their head. I just wonder, uh, the lesser, like the lesser known power rankings, they'll be they'll be annoyed at them because they're only second in those, right? You know, so. and he's like,
0: you know, going back and finding the Super Bowl coverage, finding that game manager line from Norman. <laughs> like they, they're just all over the coverage that comes out of that emanates out of this hotel room. Oh my goodness! Uh, but no, I think if the Cardinals are going to have a letdown. Uh, it could happen <laughs> this week. Well, I still like the Cardinals. I, to be I'll clear. pick the They're, they're too, too good. They're, but, go uh, they're the only undefeated team left in the league. All right. Neil, let's do one more game. Did you pick one? I'm going to do it right now. Oh. Right. I thought you were asking we'll me to pick one. Get you one. off to your beloved. I know how it works as well. I should have known that. Cleveland at Chargers. Sweet Any thought to making this the second Sky game? Is it not too late? Do you know what? Do you want to go behind the curtain? Take me. All right, so
3: we get, uh, <laughs> we do, um, we every Monday, we we have a, a group that discuss what the games are. Right. Do uh, you have I a, am in that group. Do you have a, 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 a loud voice in that I do have a, yeah. Do you carry the biggest I don't want to play in, I don't know if I carry the biggest stick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, no, but we, uh, we do. We do uh, discuss the games. And we discussed mm. the games this week. And... I was quite busy. I'm bit, I've been writing the game programs for the London games. So I've been quite busy the last couple of weeks outside of broadcasting. Don't and, tell me
0: about the labor. Show me the baby, Bill Parcells. And I,
3: I, um, nobody raised the Chargers and Browns game and I didn't call them on it. And if I would, that, oh. this, this, week, right. So
1: where did they go this, with? Giants, Dallas, or no, and the Cowboys? Yeah. Those are good games. I, I, you know, they're all three really great games. It's a great window this week. All right. You can never go wrong watching Justin Herbert. So I'm very excited
0: for this game. Herbert, of course, um, you know, he is getting to the (laughs) point. Herbert is playing at a level and, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league now. There's no doubt about it week after week. But I think what really jumped out to me on Monday night or Tuesday morning, depending where you are in the world, uh, was how he's not doing it alone. I mean, the Chargers – They are. We've always talked about this and it's always been kind of a frustration because they have all these great stars, Mm -hmm. but we can never get the stars aligned. Uh, Injuries have always played a factor. And now you have Joey Bosa screaming off the edge. You have Derwin James closing out games uh, with big plays. You have Austin Eckler pound for pound. That's a great nickname, by the way. Pound for pound is one of the best nicknames. Uh, speaking of nicknames, I have an article coming out in the UK program for um, uh, the, the games here. Dolphins-Jags game. Dolphins-Jags yes. game, talking about the greatest nicknames in NFL history, the old Zeuser uh, was a good, nice little hook there, Neil. Get Tugboat involved on the copy there. Uh, I was happy to do it. But pound for pound, Austin Eckler. Was, was only two nicknames. Yeah, <laughs> New Old Blue Eyes was all over that uh, assignment. I, I love
3: doing it. Um, Do you know the one that gets me uncomfortable? Yeah, which one? Daddy Rich.
0: Oh, yeah, Daddy Rich. That,
3: sound, that just
0: is That's bit. the only one that I didn't give myself. That was a Chris Wessling joint. All right. Yeah. That one's what, what got, got some say, undertones. Guys? Want to say something bad about Daddy Rich, the Chris nope. Wessling nickname?
1: No, no, good. Move on. <laughs> we can
3: play that card.
1: <laughs> What's the other one? Oh, but the new old Berman. That was one. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway,
0: Austin Eckler, what he did, he completely carried uh, the offense on Monday. It wasn't, it wasn't so much Herbert, although Herbert obviously played his role. Um, so when everything's humming for the chargers, they're hard to beat. And for Cleveland, it's like, I want to see this defense now with a big time assignment and stopping the chargers on the road is a big time. assignment. I'm not saying I need to be proved. Uh, I don't, I don't say I'm not saying Cleveland needs to prove to me that they're a legit defense because they are. But how good Neil are the Browns on defense? I think this will be a real uh, test.
3: This will be a, this will be a real test, and I, I do think they've they've stepped up on defense. You know, all the additions have been real. Um, I still feel I'm leaning towards the Chargers on this one. I just there are certain players. You just, I always love to watch my homes. You know, I always love to watch uh, Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert. When I watch him, it's like when you're one of the haves against the have-nots in terms of a franchise quarterback. It's just a completely different game to watch. Mm. It's just you are a contender and you are watchable, if nothing else. And I can't watch Justin Herbert through a normal lens now. I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm always watching Justin Herbert.
0: Yeah, it hurts. Through the Tour
3: lens. And mm-hmm. I think we've seen enough. And I know people say, well, Tour was in and out of the lineup last year and Tour has been hurt.
1: I've seen enough. Dolphins got it wrong. Well, it's not, it's not so much. Yeah, yeah, they did. It's not about Tua. It's about that this guy's a generational player.
3: Yeah. I it mean, is. it's
1: nothing to do with Tua. I'm not going right. to say that, like. Joe well, it's a little bit about Tua because they the picked Dolphins him before Sure, but the Bengals, the Bengals also yeah. chose Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, Herbert could have been the number one. And as much as Joe one, Burrow is he? impressive, it's like, I would not trade Justin Herbert for Joe Burrow in two first-round picks. It's like, I just want Justin Herbert. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. I, right, he, but if you're not going to have Herbert,
0: you're okay if you're with jo- Joe Burrow. Yes. You're you're but if you're right now with Tua, you're <laughs> right. like, oh, my God, did we make the biggest mistake in franchise history? I mean, here's who made the mistake.
1: The the coach of Oregon. I don't know how uh college football is, you know, <laughs> run that well. But you're running this thinking dung offense. You didn't that win well. any national champions. Because if you sold this, he jack. would have been the number one pick, right? Right. I think he, he would have It been. was there all along and it makes me think like which franchise would you rather be? This game is fascinating. I can't wait to watch this. Mm. It's crazy to think that the Browns and the Chargers come into this game feeling like two of the best run organizations in the NFL. Right, just like that, they're in the best spot. That I'm not. The Chargers have had a lot of problems, and so have the Browns. And the Browns seem clearly on the right track. And the Chargers, you know, we got to give them a little more time before we get there. But I, I believe in this coach at least. Yeah. And they're in this new stadium. That's great. And I, I believe in the quarterback. It's like that's really all that matters: is your coach and your quarterback more than anything. And like, would you rather be the Chargers? Or would you rather be the Browns right now? And ultimately, I'd rather be the Chargers just because they have Justin Herbert. I think you'd rather be if the – If you char- had to choose one. I think so. I think maybe you'd not rather- this year. I would maybe give the Browns a little bit of an edge of being a better team in the long run, but I'm, even that I'm not sure about. I'd rather be the Chargers over 27, 28 teams in
3: the NFL now. I think Justin Herbert's that good.
0: I They're loaded. They're really loaded. Special. And on the other side, uh, you know, another first-round pick, a quarterback, Baker Mayfield – that was one of his worst games um I've seen, at least, you know, since his rookie year. Um that was one of the worst games of his career. Fifteen mm-hmm. of thirty-three. And it wasn't just that he was inaccurate. It was some of the misses, you know, the that easy walk-in touchdown that he couldn't connect with. Odell, Odell Beckham on. Type of thought is just like, what's going on? Is this a mechanics issue or what? I would say that this is not a time to panic necessarily because this has kind of always been part of the experience of Baker streaky, but it also made me think at a certain point, Greg, the Browns decision not to extend Mayfield, Ooh. that, that is looking more and more smart because we need to see more hmm. from Baker. Quite frankly, if you want to get, if you want to give this guy a second contract, he's going to have to show you that he is as a, uh, a spice rack put it when we were talking about the Bengals last week, Uh, when they had, you know, about 10 years ago, what he thought, or eight years ago, a Super Bowl roster and a wild card quarterback. Like, are the Browns in that situation themselves with Baker, or is this just something where it's a bump in the road, he'll be okay?
1: Yeah, to me, the contract's no rush. He has a fifth-year option. He's under contract for two more years, you know, this year and next. So I'm with you. It makes sense to wait and see, because you you are going to learn a lot more about him in the second year. This is a tough matchup. Brandon Staley, uh, our guy... uh, Daniel Jeremiah pointed out that the Chargers have held each one of their opponents to the least amount of points that they've had this year. And those are good offenses. You know, those are offenses mm. like the Chiefs. And and I know it's not like they shut them down, but they made enough big plays. They really shut down the Raiders. Like they're I think they're a tough team to prepare for. I would really be afraid if I'm the rest of the AFC West. And just as a charge as a longtime Chargers fan, I can't believe I wasn't higher on them this year. They have shown so much variety. I'm just saying this hey, is, is the one here? here. I'm just saying as like, a long time Chargers <laughs> fan, you really you always try to push
0: back on the narrative that you're a fan of uh, 30 to 31 teams. Well, the
1: Chargers are the are the as team. a
0: long time Chargers fan. I mean,
1: I, Phillip Rivers has always <laughs> been a my much. guy, and Herbert from the get go, they they've been my number two if I had a number two. My point is. I didn't expect their coaching staff to be this ahead of the game. They've shown so much variety in mm. all four weeks. I think that's what really impresses me. Each week is a very different game plan, and they have helped, They have handled them pretty well. They cut down on some of the sloppy stuff. I don't think this is a, you know, anything more than a field goal game. I I have a hard time picking. I don't know who I'm going to take, uh, but I'm I'm leaning Chargers. I think. I would I would pick Chargers. I think. This Browns defense Lost. is pretty sweet, though, and, and their are. offensive and line Miles is sweet Garrett's and the running incredible. game is sweet. Like, they just need a B Baker, and I, they're going to beat most every team. I just think when you look at the Baker situation
3: and you look at Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert's already kind of knocking on Patrick Mahomes' door and, and right up in that neighborhood, I think. Mm-hmm. Is Baker Mayfield ever going to get to that that level? I don't no, but think the team he is. around him right and now, he
1: I think, is better and more complete than the Chargers. And so he doesn't need to be at that level. Like, they could have gone and won the Super Bowl yeah, and he last year if they had this defense at the time. I really I, believe that. And I, I
3: get the the numbers weren't great last week, and, and the numbers make it look like it was a bad game. But why, where it's worse is numbers can be deceiving. It's what do you do in big moments? And he missed the Odell pass, Dan, which you're right to point out. That's relatively routine throw for an NFL quarterback.
1: How about the Kareem Hunt one in the first quarter? That was more the one that got me going because it's just kind of the classic Baker play where he's on the move and mm. and you, he's not quite athletic enough to make it, maybe. Like Kirk Cousins maybe misses that throw too, And but just you want your quarterback to be able to make that throw. That should be routine at this point in the NFL, uh, being able to make that throw on the run and he overshot it. It's a flashpoint game for the Browns because if... You know, if they go to
0: LA and they play a great game and that defense dominates Herbert and they win, they will be a team that
1: Clowney's a problem, your boy Clowney. There's a lot
0: of players on that defense. That is a good looking defense. If they if they go if they go into LA and win, people are going to be uh, pumped up about this Browns team as a Super Bowl favorite potentially. Conversely, if Baker bombs out again, there's going to be a panic in the streets of Cleveland. That oh my God, we have this great team and the quarterback is lost. Mm. So I'm very interested to see. I feel like this is a coin flip game. I'm going to put. I'm going to give Herbert the respect. That I got the Chargers. Um, Neil, uh, before we say goodbye, uh, Greg, Erica, and I are going to move out of the way a second because Greg would like to uh, address something with you.
1: Well, that's true. We're in this hotel. <laughs> Um, maybe we shouldn't say where we're we're staying. You just have. Well, you can you can edit that out. I uh, can't. And it's giving me memories. I I only <laughs> stayed here once before. It was in 2016, and I remember. This uh, is so awkward. I want to leave the room. It's
3: not awkward at I all. I think I might know where this is I'm, going. I'm loving. I'm going to
1: enjoy this. I like. Awkwardness is when I feel most myself. We know, Greg. Um, and it was 2016, and I remember Dan and Mark called me and Wes. Now I'm feeling awkward because Eric is putting a video on me. Don't put a video on me. <laughs> um, and I, you know, we called up. We we did. Uh, we I did a little bit of the show that night. It was about 1.30 in the morning uh, that night. It'd been a long day, and uh, I gave a little Giants uh, Rams recap. You know. T- Tough day for Jared Goff, or no? For uh, for Case remembers. Keenum, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, Case, everything. it was Case Keenum. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like, why aren't you putting in Jared Goff, Jeff Fisher? He's like, okay, maybe when I get back from uh, the UK. But the the real reason I remember it is because I made an ass out of myself that night, and I just wanted to extend an apology to Neil wow. and the rest of the Sky Scor- Sports crew. Wow, the whole gang for some derogatory comments I made in the in the heat of the moment. With the the TV in the corner and just having fun, feeling my oats. Wow. So I'm I'm traveling international for the NFL for the first time. I've been working for 18 hours. It's just an excuse. That doesn't excuse bad behavior. And I made a couple comments that, you know, we don't have to repeat here, but basically alluded to. Um, Nilton, do you remember <laughs> the, the ar- comments that the around the NFL remember, team could do could yeah. do a great job on? Sky I Sport. remember my response.
0: Yes, we'd like to hear that. So,
1: yeah.
3: well, first of all, point number one. I wasn't overly offended because I wasn't the anchor then, so it was a different. No, different I, setup. I did
1: sort of so point out that. Um, that that um, the host, you know, was putting it on the wrong tracks. Neil was in, in a tough spot in the analyst role. It was, yeah, it was, then, it was a tough situation. Uh,
3: I definitely remember reaching back out to Greg. Uh-huh. Uh, Who the f-
0: do you think you are, <laughs> <laughs> Rosenthal? <laughs> you'll never make it in my country ever. Passport <laughs>
3: along those lines. I actually I wish I'd said that. I reached out through uh handsome Hank, our dear friend Henry Hodgson, and um <laughs> I told you to come and be a part of the solution and not to uh not know, to just criticize from a, a so guys.
0: I haven't even gotten
3: to I, Oh and did point number three, yeah. he did, and point number Good. three apology accepted, apology oh. wasn't <laughs> needed, and
1: oh.
0: uh you know I love you guys so you no, you're, not, you're it, not part of the fraternity until Greg offends you in some way, and you have to work through personal issues with him. And now you're truly part of the group. <laughs> he
1: didn't need to do that. Really no, I, nice. no, <laughs> it was a genuine apology. It was not. It was not fair to you. Um, it was. Uh, it was. You know, my mouth has gotten me in trouble sometimes, and it was bad. <laughs> what I look back on it and think is funny in some way. You got to take some humor out of these. It's like. No one really said anything. We just put it up. Like no, it was no consideration. You know, it's not like we're doing a live show. We just like put it up. Um, and what I remember most about it, because um, it, it did occur to me, hmm, was that a good idea. Not for like, hey, are we ever going to work with these guys? Because I, I felt pretty confident. I was, you know, putting that one up in flames. That was never going to happen. Um, but it was uh, the tone of the messages that I got wow. from Henry Hodgson. You disappointed uh, Henry. It was it was, like, oh it was bad luck for you as well. He cause. was pissed. He still was pissed. I brought up this idea of apologizing to you, of bringing it up, um, and even now he just says, "Well, yeah, you were you were such a." You're such an <laughs> asshole. Uh, you should be apologizing. It's about time to you know you know squash that beef. And I was like, there was no beef. Neil and I did speak about. Greg's it. still talking about this. Pretty right soon now. after. <laughs> we did. I'm just saying we talked about I, uh, it soon after. I think I and sent we've had an a, email or two. Yeah, we've had a great relationship since. <laughs> Good. You Greg. Know? Well, and it uh, shows. I
0: know this shows your own personal growth as well, Greg. So let's give it up was for Greg unlucky.
1: Too. It was unlucky for Greg as
3: well because it was. Uh, I was still in that checks twitter every five minutes phase of my broadcasting career mm. whereas now i go on eight hours live tv i don't care what people right. say i don't even look at it give a shot so,
0: now but that was that was um well that was that was nice that's Greg. a nice that way to nice. end it and neil we will be with neil reynolds uh, all week we're heading. Greg didn't realize he was going to be with me all right. weekend. Did you it? have a chance to get revenge, by the way. Just uh, uninviting Greg for the rest
1: of the coverage. I mean, but- not for nothing. I have. We have to help be part of the solution. We've made that Sky Sports coverage better. There
0: we go. Right. <laughs> there we go. Oh, a <laughs> classic, classic Greg, Greg closer.
1: Closer.
0: <laughs> Neil will be with you at Sky Sports uh, later this week. We'll be helping uh, your gang with the coverage of the Jets and Falcons. We can't wait to do it, and buddy. Uh, Really appreciate you coming by here to the hotel, and uh, it's been great having you. Thank you for having me, and that was perfect timing because I've just finished the coffee that I brought for myself. Uh, so I know. I just got to the end of it. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to stop down and get something to drink myself. All right, there goes Neil Reynolds, king of his domain. We roll forward now. Let's um, let's go through all the games in order. Let's drop the draft Uh, Because this is going to be a funky week for us, Greg. We're going to be at the stadium doing the sky coverage. Can't wait for that. Um, So let's just um, go through the games in order from this point onward. So let's start. Speaking of the game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. The
1: hot toddy.
0: The hot toddy. The big tot. The big top over the big tot. The New York Jets at the Atlanta Falcons. Two, one and three teams. Um, Here's the thing, Greggy. I was extremely worried because everything always works out terribly as a Jets fan. I was extremely worried that I was going to be on a plane going to London uh, to cover an 0-4 Jets team coming off four dispiriting losses in a row where Zach Wilson was making no progress and everything was going wrong and the Jets were the worst team in football. They're still not far off from that, okay? There's still a lot of problems. The Jets are a work in progress, very much so. But what we saw, and I'm very interested because we haven't had a chance to talk about this, Greg. What we saw... Um, from Wilson in that game against the Titans gives me hope that this season could have some real exciting moments going forward. He might drive me crazy with some mistakes he makes because he made his fair share against Tennessee, but Zach Wilson made the splash plays we were waiting for, and it helped them beat the Titans. Well,
1: especially as a chance this week at the big hot toddy. Hot toddy. The toddy.
2: Oh!
1: The (laughs) toddy. coffee I mean he's in. gotta be Boomer bust you
2: just took your first sip
1: that's has nothing to do with yeah, coffee baby. it's not the coffee I
2: wait wait before you should we just say real quick what Dan did when he came back into my <laughs> hotel room I had my back on you know sitting on the side of the bed and I was just looking at some you know information for uh-huh. NFL stuff and I hear sort of like rumbling and I turn behind and Dan has his coffee and my coffee in his hands and he's hunched over like trying to be a gremlin and he's making it like a Steve <laughs> Belichick sideline face with the tongue on blah 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 and then Greg's just behind him slowly
0: walking. I didn't uh, know <laughs> any of you this. You know, we, uh, that was actually a lesson. I, it's Greg and I's responsibility uh, on some level to protect you here in London. Yeah. And, what I was trying to teach you was you don't leave your hotel room ajar, the door ajar, and it shows you a gremlin can just roll in <laughs> at any time if you don't protect yourself. You're a
1: woman alone in a hotel room. Yeah. That's a lesson. I knew you guys would be Little right lady. back.
2: I knew you'd be right back.
1: <laughs> you never know if Steve Belichick is walking around.
0: There's a lot of There Steve- literally could not be a
1: more scary thing than Steve Belichick rolling into your hotel room. Well, we walked away. We walked across to the to the tube station. There was a lot of Steve Belichick looking guys over there. Ouch! England takes a
0: shot in a big spot. Anyway, (laughs) no wonder you know Hank cleaned up. You know, Zach Wilson um, has a chance to do things against the Falcons, uh, Greg. Who uh, once again uh, could not get out of their own way. They're very luckily lucky to have a win themselves. The Giants game. Uh, they kind of stole that at the end. Got got a lucky break on an Andori Jackson interception drop, and then they find a way to kick away a game at home to Washington. And it's just like Arthur Smith is going to age like a sitting U.S. president. This
1: well, it's year. evened out. They should be a one and three team. The Jets should be a one and three team. That that's what they are. One of these teams going to feel pretty good though, coming back off the last flight, uh, long flight, two and three out of the start of this season. Zach Wilson made a lot of mistakes in that game against the Titans. I wasn't necessarily expecting that. Just that I I chart like near picks or near turnovers. And I had him for more in that game than uh, in the Patriots game. So he put the ball in harm's way quite a bit, but he made three or four throws that were just ridiculous, that were like God-mode level throws. And it's like if you give us that mix as a rookie, then we're going to have a lot of fun, especially when we play teams that can't really rush the passer or aren't great in the secondary. And that's what we got this week. The Falcons... Lousy defense. I think the Falcons offense is coming together. That was easily the best Matt Ryan looked uh, with Arthur Smith. Maybe he's getting more comfortable. I think we could have some points in this game. Could have some points. Marcus May again out for the Jets. Their secondary
0: has been better than expected. Their defense has been better than expected. But you imagine that Matt Ryan will be able to move the ball. Kyle Pitts breaks through. And by the way, we do have um, uh, another lock involved with this game. It comes from Wes Incorporated. Wow. Listen in. The podcast being in London, we're going to focus on Jets Falcons this week. We all thought the Falcons offense would be explosive. It's been disappointing to say the least. And the Jets D has looked okay. Zach Wilson showed us a little something last week, and that's why we are, oh, hell no. We can't lock up the Jets. They stink. (laughs) We like the Falcons big, and we're locking it up. Hey, Mark, if you're listening, get well soon. Pod isn't the same without you. Love you, bro. All right, there it is then, yes. Yeah, well, so Mark says, I don't understand why. I don't know why I deserve that. That was a little untoward. But then I think about it. I locked up against his beloved Cincinnati Bengals. That wasn't on purpose either, so I'm not going to take it personal.
1: Plus, like, yeah, that was weird. I mean, if you're going to come with that much, do it with a little more pizzazz, a little more personality. I've seen Nick in a bar. I mean, this guy is one of the most fiery... uh, guys in terms of delivering a sports take opinion i've ever seen so if you're gonna bury the jets just bury him that's fair
0: and i think nick he's trying to show like he's like the james dean of the wesling brothers he's a little cool and above it all a little detached a little kind of ironic and a little winking and subversive that's what nick's going for uh let's let's drop let's drop the Nick. we want the real nick (laughs) wesling next time you make your pick
1: and by the way you better be careful what you wish for I always look for a new head coach. Do they bring something to the table? Is there something defined that they definitely have? And when you got Jonathan Franklin Myers and Fadakasi and all these Bryce's I never heard of. You got Bryce Hall, Bryce Huff. I don't know who these guys are, <laughs> but they're coming after you. And that, like, when you're taking other guys' players and you're making them into players, that shows me you got something. Sal is a, a really good defensive coach. Good coach, coach. and good, I say good, it to you every good. Sunday, C.J. Mosley is making
0: plays every yep. week as well. All right, let's move Forward up next on the docket, we have good one the Eagles at the Panthers. Did you say good one? Yeah, you're excited about this. I'm not enjoying Eagles football, it's not very watchable. I don't know what you're gonna
1: get, but it's watchable.
0: Uh, yeah, well, you know, I feel like the last two weeks I haven't found them uh, overly watchable, and the fact that you know they continue to make these mistakes. You talk about Robert Sala, and you're seeing some good things about what he's bringing to them, especially on the defensive side of the ball, the the, the lack of uh, attention to detail, fundamentals, just general mistakes. Um, you could look at that and say, hmm, this Nick Sirianni uh, experiment, maybe not off to a great start. And now they go to Charlotte to face the Panthers, who I got to say, Greg, you take out a phenomenal third quarter by the Cowboys, and you can't really do that because you got to look at the game as a whole. But they really did play the Cowboys tough for most of that game. Um, with the exception of that third quarter. I, I came out of the game, the two and 3-0 teams that people had questions about, the Broncos and the Panthers. The Broncos, I came out of their loss to the Ravens being like, okay, I don't know about them. The Panthers, I came out of being like,
1: that's okay. They'll be all right. And now they have Stephon Gilmore. I mean, what a trade. Stephon Gilmore is a Carolina Panther. All they had to do was give up a sixth-round pick for him. We anticipate that. Where's the GM app? That's it? A 2023 round pick. No one wanted him. Is a
0: 2019 Defensive Player of the Year, a cornerback, and I know he's coming off a major injury, but we also don't even know how serious, you know, the quad injury was so mixed up in the stew with the contract squabble that would it surprise you if Gilmore all of a sudden pops up and is playing in a couple weeks and is a
1: big-time performer for them? No, he's on the pup list, so he's out at least a week or two more. He wanted more money from the Patriots. There was a standoff. According, I'm, I'm kind of piecing together a bunch of reports, but Albert Breer had, had some of this. Ian had some of it. I think the Patriots surprised him by putting that notice out today saying that he was going to be released. I think he was hoping to work something out for the, with the Patriots. It sounded like the Patriots were kind of just done with this whole standoff. The standoff was, we want to see you on the field before we give you any more money. And his position was, I want more money before I get on the field. And maybe he thought there was more time to negotiate because he was on the pup list. It didn't happen. They got sick of it. And they got rid of him. That's a big risk. A torn quad, though, is an injury that's changed careers. It's ended some careers. He's later in his career. And the key here is that he wants more money now. So the Panthers, I anticipate, are going to give him a hefty raise for this year and likely into next year as part of that. That's why apparently no team wanted to trade for him because the report was that the Patriots put some feelers out there, couldn't get anything yesterday. And then their version of the GM app damn was just putting this report out that they're gonna cut him and see right. if they can scare up something. All they got was a 2023 sixth round pick. It's almost such a shameful return and it's such a great player who helped them win a title that it's almost like don't even don't even don't even do it just get, give him let him be free this is a man who I pass uh-oh. by every uh, day on the way to our office <laughs> yes. because his picture is is on the top of the shutdown corner. Mm-hmm. There's it's, a, a it's conference Stephane room Gilmore. called Shutdown Corner. Oh, yeah. Conference and it's, room. it's Gilmore making that leaping interception against the Rams to seal that well, Super Bowl. I, I, I'm just I'm bored of it. Just like all the Patriots fans that get
0: mad at me that you know, listen to the show are bored of it. Like me having critical comments about Bill, Bill Belichick. But it's like it does again point to that no one's bigger than the team. I don't care if you're a star. I don't care what you've ever done for me in the past. I will get rid of you. I will move on without you if you're not. Going along with my plan, and it's just, I just wonder as you as you spin forward with the Patriots post Brady, if, you know that will become an issue in terms of being able to recruit uh, top free agents when you see these big time stars uh, leave the building in and in, in acrimonious terms. I, I think that's just, you know, the way this ended is it's pretty it, grim. This guy it's was been the uglier best for in the it's been
1: much uglier for a lot of other players leaving Asante Samuel, Richard Seymour. The, this always had a measure of respect. Bill Belichick loved Gilmore, but he wasn't going to give him more money coming off this torn quad. He just wasn't going to do it. And the Panthers shouldn't and, either, and by And the they way. might be right, and the Panthers are going to. Like, they might be right. The Patriots usually are right when they give these players away, um, but it's, it's worth a shot for the Panthers. Wow, what a defense they're putting together. I think you saw... Softer s- touch, Greg. How about... A little bit of a softer touch in
0: New England. Absolutely, the, the fact that it got to this point, it was so acrimonious. Maybe if you handled
1: it a little bit differently. Was it acrimonious
0: though? It really seemed I mean, it like it doesn't seem like it went very well between the two sides. I'm sure Gilmore. Didn't, he, to he be didn't. He didn't say
1: there. a word the whole time, and he and he expressed regret that he couldn't work it out. And they always talked great about him. I think they tried to keep it professional, but it was just like it's a business, and they felt. They felt differently. Let's talk the game. He wasn't quite He wasn't quite the same player when we last saw him, and he's now coming off an injury. In theory, I think the Eagles have the game plan to do a little bit of what Dallas did a week ago, which was really push around Carolina up front. They hopefully get Lane Johnson back. He was out with a personal issue last week. They might get Jordan Mailata back. I think it's a it's a boomer bust offense, but it's a frisky offense. I don't, I don't just chalk this up as a win for the Panthers, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to garbage time score to make that look better for the eagles they also i will say you know they had 450 yards of offense against the chiefs so i think overall it's it's a mixed bag philadelphia right now um but i would say that jalen hurts is progressing i think he's showing you maybe not that he's some breakout star but that he has the ability to get uh the team moving and and move the ball so <clears throat> we'll see what, what he does against this Carolina uh, front, and what is he the does. type
1: of game that Carol, If Carolina wants to make the playoffs, a home game against the Eagles. You're three and one. You're without McCaffrey. Without Dar- Jack Thompson. Darnold's been not facing a lot of heat last week. I think he's handled it okay, but I think it's a tough. Thing to ask week after week. Their offensive line is not played as well. So that's something to watch. It's a big game for the Panthers. Shaq Thompson out. He has been just
0: the breakout star of that defense this year. So that's another thing for Carolina to overcome. Remember, Christian McCaffrey, not on IR. Um, so, I guess you could see a possibility that he returns next week, logically, but we shall see. I think they kept that door open just in case. Saw a
2: tweet just now that good news is McCaffrey was practicing today, even in a so light. So maybe
0: he, maybe he plays yeah. in this game. Interesting. Maybe. That would be huge. Chuba, uh, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba? Yeah. I thought he looked pretty good, actually. So even if McCaffrey um, doesn't play, I don't think it means their running game is shot. But if you have McCaffrey in the mix, that would be huge. All right. Up next. Let's go to the Patriots. Patriots. So the Patriots now the post-Tom post, post Tom Brady, post-Tom Brady week four madness. I'm sure they're very happy to have that in the rear view. Now it's post-Stefan Gilmore and a nice little spot for them. I know there are no gimmies, especially when you're a one-and-three team, but when you're kind of trying to get your season back on track, a trip to Houston to face Davis Mills and the Texans is very nice because then he, the kind of sweet story about the Houston Texans fighting hard does, didn't track too well last week against <laughs> Buffalo, and in general,
1: they they are back to me uh, as the worst team in football. Oh well, yeah, with Davis Mills. If the Patriots lost to Davis Mills, oh boy, that would be that would be Nirvana no, they should, for if they lose. For Dan. They should
0: trade for Stephon Gilmore, give up like a <laughs> third round
1: pick. Um, I wonder if the great performance by the Patriots secondary against Tom Brady, in which they showed. Incredible communication and cohesion. Very vintage Patriots passing off receivers. Next-level stuff. And they've gotten better each week. I wonder if that influenced it, that Bill Belichick thought, we don't really need Gilmore. Still doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, um, because can't you just make him play? Uh, Was he going to sit out the whole season? If even if you didn't want to give him that, I'm just saying I wonder if that helped. That at his position, it also was like
0: a steady rain. If you were drawing your confidence of your defense off that one game, I I don't
1: know the secondary. um, I think what they threw at him affected the game plan. I imagine the weather. I think they, you know, from all accounts, I'm not like. Greg Cosell, you know, knocking down all these X's and O's. But from what everyone said, in terms of what they showed Brady changing looks basically every play and being able to accomplish that. I mean, they should be able to scramble Davis Mills. That's for sure. They're going to they're adding Jamie Collins back to the mix. So. <laughs> like, wait, what about the idea of like, all right, not to get hung up on this, but you're like, we need to get Jamie Collins
0: back in the building. Uh, the only way is to clear the cap space is to. Trade Stefan Gilmore for a six round pick. J- Jamie Collins, you need him back in the building so bad that you're going to pull the trigger and on the ripcord on Stefan Gilmore, defensive player of the year, Super Bowl champion. I I
1: give up. I, I give don't up. think, well, Jamie Collins is a Super Bowl champion too, I, be- uh, I, I believe. Probably. That's just a guess. At some point, he must have been <laughs> yeah, on one of those. Most likely he 2014, was at some point. I think. Ricky, can you find out Jamie Collins has a Super Bowl ring? Thank you. <laughs> and I, I think they had the cap space. I wonder about Jamie Collins joining this group, but I think it's telling because their linebackers aren't getting it done. We were sitting very close to each other in that film room, Dan. Not close enough. You right. did not um, paint an accurate picture. We were having fun. We were having male bonding with other males too. Well, you know.
0: traditional male bonding sometimes eludes <laughs> you. So I don't know if if you really were understanding of the that there was some tension between us because you left two extra seats.
1: But like like. Um, like that any dude. game, if you watch with me and we're just kind of watching as fans, like I'll just be shouting out some Pat's opinions. One of them is like Dante Hightower and Kyle Van Noy are kind of killing yeah, that's them. That's on your radar. That, they're not killing them, but they are not who they were in 2018, 2019. You can see the lack of speed. Uh, it's, it's a problem in this kind of spread them out NFL. Hightower, especially, is a bit of a bummer to watch because he's an all time great. And what I don't think. I don't, he I don't think. He went away for the COVID opt out and came back a different guy. I guess it could happen. That's the risk you run. He's he's getting up there. I think he might be 32, 33. So that's pretty. Riggie, find out how old Dante Hightower is. He's also he's also played a lot of games. <laughs> Smoke coming out of Riggie's at a ears. brutal position and uh, sparks. Yeah, Collins is just added to that mix. I think because they need help there. He plays a very similar right. position. Update. To Van R-
2: Hightower <laughs> is thirty one years old. Kyle Van is thirty years old. Okay, and that's getting up there. Remember my birthday, February tenth. Super Bowl weekend. I'm going to be thirty, so I'm slowing down as well. And um, uh, Jamie Collins was drafted by the Patriots in the second round of 2013's NFL draft and won a Super Bowl with the team a year later. There
1: you go. Yeah. Well, champions never. Flags fly forever. They did Jamie trade Collins. him during their next Super Bowl uh, uh, appearance because to he quit on the Cleveland, team. Cleveland, like halfway through. This is through. like twice. <laughs> right. This is multiple times he's quit on teams. And they Things didn't of- end so well <laughs> as previous stop. Uh, the Detroit Lions.
0: They have a game. That technically is part of the NFL. It is against the Minnesota Vikings. Your team. This is The team of Zeus The team of Zeus, this, the, the team of Zeus disappointed me against the Browns, I have to say. Uh, there is no shame in being stymied by Cleveland's defense. It's a great unit. They, they're even, like Greg said, getting good play out of Jadavian Clowney. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, that needs to be said. They're great in the back end, and you saw that. Uh, with Kirk Cousins, who, you know, went right down the field on their first possession, and then the, the Vikings shut out the rest of the game. They lose 14-7, and they really could not get anything going. Um, but thankfully, the Lions are here uh, to give the Vikings their swagger back. So it, this, this is a 1-3 Vikings team against an 0-4 Lions team, but it's still, even though I understand it's a bad job by the Vikes to come out of the gate slowly for the second straight year like this, I remain confident that they are a good team. They are a playoff bubble team, and what a good playoff bubble team does at home against the Lions is kick ass. And that's what's going to happen here.
1: Here's what you need: all you need to know about the Lions, they are the second biggest underdog in any game this week, and they are playing against a one and three right. team who scored seven points last right.
0: week. Well, the desert knows that the Vikings are a typical <laughs> one and three team, but I see your point.
1: Right, uh, Detroit's had a lot of bad luck. I feel like there's six, seven, eight teams who have now lost six to eight starters. So many injuries. And the Lions happen to be one of them. So they already were in a really tough spot. They are the worst defense in the league. They're competitive offensively, but the worst defense in the league going up against this Vikings team, it almost makes me think they should just sit Dalvin Cook, get him healthier. You don't need Dalvin Cook for a week. I know the NFL doesn't work like that normally. Uh, but it should. Like, look at the long game. Win a game with Alexander Madison because Cook There's being not 100%. There's tens of thousands of
0: fantasy owners cursing you off right now as they listen to our show.
1: But you don't want him a bunch of 10 for 50s and then he leaves with an injury. Right. He's I, hobbled on that ankle. It's an issue. I'm impressed by Everson Griffin, the way he's come back. Uh, him and Hunter are a great one-two tandem. Their defense should not be uh, overlooked. They played well last week. I think they will they will roll. We, we're not allowed to lock this game or else... Obviously. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> linebacker
0: Romeo Aquara, he was <clears throat> their most important player on defense.
1: Sewell got hurt, too, and is missing practice.
0: So but, but to blow you to blow your Achilles tendon is such a devastating injury. And that's the same injury Jeff Okuda had in week one. Wow. Uh, they their offensive line. I think their center just went on IR as well. So when you have a team that is talent deficient and then attrition comes in, that disparity in talent just really is magnified. It's compounded. And I I feel for you, Detroit fans, but the good news is you're going to have a big time pick (laughs) in April. That's all I could say. Let's um,
1: let's move on. Jared Goff, by the way, Mm -hmm. I like Jared Goff in Detroit. There's something very uh, comforting. Isn't it, isn't he's, he, he's the exact same player, ex- the exact same performance. I do little grades when I'm doing the thing. Yeah. he's Every throw is the same. Every game is the same. You know what you're going to get. From
0: Doesn't Jared he Goff- move, especially now that he's in a Lions <laughs> uniform, just the way he moves. He's such a traditional pocket passer. It just seems like he's from a different era a little bit. He's the only player under 30 that moves like
1: that. that right. Plays. He's
0: a Stone Age pony, as Mark Sessler would say. Yeah. Um, but he's doing it at 27 or 28. Um, It just seems like uh, that is not a guy. Unless you have skills uh, that really transcend the fact that you're a a pure pocket passer in this day and age, it's going to be an issue for him. But uh, let's pause quickly for a break. Up next. Here we go. Hang on. I am... (laughs) A little bit uh, frazzled here on the road in the hotel in London. Ooh, the sun is going down here. London, we're going to go out and get some dinner. It's dark out now. It's nice. It's good reason for Ricky to keep the doors locked. Oh, yeah. Um, let's uh, move Handsome on. Handsome
2: Hank uh, is texting us about dinner after saying that his uh, brother-in-law has a lovely pub
0: not too far from here. That's where we're going to go. That's awesome. All right. Broncos at Steelers. Denver serve some humble pie uh, by the Ravens uh, in Week Four at home, the Bluebirds were out uh, by the second half when Drew Locke was just a mess trying to get anything going. Um, they could, I mean, they were checking down on third and fourteen. Greg, they, it was just like we, it was a give out, a give up game at a certain point because they just could not find a way to move the ball and
1: the toughest of all spots. Teddy didn't look
0: any better to be on, to be fair in the first half. So anyway, so now Denver has that situation, Teddy, we have to see what his availability is here, but they're going to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. TJ Watt filled up the box score again, as he always did last week uh, in the loss to green Bay, but he wasn't, he wasn't quite vintage TJ Watt. You wonder if another week, uh, makes him that much more dangerous. You imagine it would, unless he suffered a setback of some kind. But this is a tough one for you, Greg. Your Broncos, another one of your favorite teams, uh, To <laughs> you don't want to lose that momentum of the 3-0 start, but if you lay another egg here, you kind of have.
1: Yeah, availability, I think, will tell the story in terms of just where I'm leaning for this game. They had the two starting guards who missed last week. If they could get them back, certainly Teddy, I think, is a big upgrade from Drew Locke. Against that Steelers defense, it's going to be hard to score points. But that's true for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's offense has not scored more than seventeen points this year. I know they scored more. The team scored more in Week One, but they got a what was it? A I return. think they're the only team in the league that right can a, say that. a return or a defensive touchdown. I forget which it was. And you're playing Denver, who I know is missing some players, but Denver's defense is awesome. I you know the the like statement or like okay, let's see how good the Broncos actually are. Last week against Baltimore, well, their defense showed up. You know, I, I know the Ravens controlled that game, but they had to earn those touchdowns, and they didn't score in the second half. Like, it's a good defense, and there's no reason for me to think that Pittsburgh gets over 17 in this game. So, whatever the under well, is here, I'm sure it's a low number, but I don't know. I don't know how either team gets over 17, especially if uh, Teddy's out. This is, yeah, I you couldn't set the under, the under low enough for me in this game. I...
0: It's forty, so that's, that's yeah, this too high. this this has this has twenty to ten written all over it for me. Um I don't think the Broncos are gonna put up a lot of points and the Steelers are gonna struggle to put up points because they have just such major issues on their offense. The offensive line, obviously. Now Big Ben, the latest report now is that he's got hip issues. I mean, it's like he's aging at a, at a at a rate now that is almost like we need to track this at the CDC. We need to get some scientists involved
1: because <laughs> he's aging 7 years every week. It's I, like so it's, now he's 59. It's like the Benjamin Button movie except he's he's actually just aging. <laughs> exactly. But it's sped up very quick. I called him Big Breeze last year. That one's aged well just in terms of like the type of game he has but to play He's making late arm. period breeze look like, you know. Well, here's the difference. He's not accurate like late period breeze and while Roethlisberger is great overall in terms of knowing the game and doing things before the snap, you know, as he got older he got much better at that. He's still not breeze. He's not Brady. He's not like Dak where he's just going to like outthink you. I started thinking that last week that this decline which I was denying a little bit is hard to deny when he's just not hitting open receivers too. Like what else do you have left if you're not hitting open receivers? He's kind of fallen away from throws. He he's known for He's known for kind of stepping in and at least taking those hits. He's not doing that anymore. That's why I still think you got to give Denver and kind of what they've done a little credit here. They started as a favorite in this game, Dan. Uh, but the the, pu- the public is not buying, buying that, it. Nope. and it flipped over to Pittsburgh being the favorite. I mean, I don't know if you watch that. Basically, game, it's a coin toss. It's a one. If any game, if Julock is starting any game, <laughs> yeah, but they were playing like the hardest defense. I guess they're about to again, but a very hard defense to prepare for. What they were throwing at Denver last week to me was very much a, a coach winning. Okay, speaking of coaches. Uh, Ricky, play, uh, because I
0: love this. It doesn't happen enough in modern sports, really, when coaches or players uh, just come after each other, uh, the fraternity, as it were. Uh, Play Vic Fangio coming after John Harbaugh for calling one last play to to keep that streak of 100-yard rushing games alive.
3: Uh, Did you have a problem with the last play that Baltimore ran?
0: Yeah, I thought it was kind of bullshit, but I expected it from them. Why did you expect it from them? Because I just know how they operate. You know, they, that's just their, uh, you know, mode of operation there. Player safety is secondary. Okay. I thought, first of all, they, um, Fangio was on Harbaugh's staff once upon a time. So mm. when he says mm. that's the way they do things over there, they don't worry about player safety. That is like a major shot across the bow of Harbaugh. And uh, I kind of see where they're coming from. Some people are in their feelings about this uh, more than others. I could see it from both sides, but overall I just kind of like the spiciness of it because there was
1: some real bitterness involved. I like that, just coaches talking trash on each Uh, other. the
2: pettiness was so great.
1: He was so mad, he threw down his headset in the moment. I don't get it because they were just trying to score a touchdown like a play before, so were, were you well, trying to be sick? Well, Harbaugh
2: literally buried him in right. his presser. Harbaugh's next, and they're ta- like, well, what do you make about this? You know, Fangio's mad and whatever. And he, and, and then Harbaugh goes, well, oh, I didn't realize that there was a 16-point touchdown. Like, didn't realize. So he
0: totally right. buried him. And he him. then made the good point, well, by the way, yeah, you're losing by all these points, and you're throwing... Into the, end uh, zone. into the end zone that set up the interception that allowed the Ravens to do it. So you
1: could see it from both he's sides. He's a but cranky old man though, Fangio. Right, and he's old But school. he might, I didn't realize that, that he was on the staff. You might be onto some, not just the player safety thing, it's more that they're into showy records. They're into stuff like that. Like, the Lamar rushing record, different things, becoming the number one rushing team of all time. Pre-season the preseason wins—they wins. <laughs> right. absolutely are all about that, and so—and that's, that's okay. kind of like a look at me thing. But yeah, that's okay. That's but okay, Fangio doesn't the like the fact it.
0: that you go after specifically saying he doesn't look to protect players. Like that's uh, that's coach like that's some coach mm. war stuff. And uh, it does remind me and it one of my favorite behind the scenes memories ever, which I think I've shared on the show and I won't name the coaches, is that I ended up in this little circle. Everyone was boozed up, including myself and Indy during the combine. And in the circle of coaches, one head coach of a prominent team, they're all prominent for the most part, uh, looks across the room to another head coach um, with his little circle of buddies. And he goes. He keeps looking over here, man. What's he looking at? keeps looking over here. And he was like, (laughs) so mad. Like, it's really, it's like high school. Like, these coaches, there's a lot of machismo involved. And it's, these are all jocks, obviously.
1: That was good acting. You took me there. I took you there. (laughs) That was like. But I just, I love that. And then you got the other, you got. You know who doesn't care about this, though? is Ravens players. If anything, they love it. Like they no one like no one has their coaches back more than Ravens players like whether they're on the team or after the team. Everyone always loves John Harbaugh. Ultimately, that's that's kind of the route you got to go with if your players love you. Okay, let's uh move
0: on the Miami Dolphins travel to Tampa to get the Bucks. You know, handsome Hank who was here earlier, big Dolphins fan and uh, I remember saying after that Raiders near miss, they took the Raiders to overtime and lost in Vegas in week 3. It's like you gotta you gotta make sure you win that Colts game in Week Four at home uh, because if you don't do that, you go to Tampa and all of a sudden you, there's a possibility you're staring down uh, a one and four start, and that's that's where we're heading now because the the Dolphins to me, Greg, and this is a team we we've spoken highly of Brian Flores, and I'm not putting this on Flores necessarily. I'm putting this on the organization. Just like it's not too early to uh, say, my God. They whiffed on Justin Herbert, and they went with Tua. It's more like from a big picture. They had their chance to completely reboot the organization. They went with the total teardown and going all in with draft picks. And where is that right now in 2021? Because when I look at a team that in in the summer we're talking, this is a team rising the AFC through four weeks, and it's just four weeks, they look mediocre in almost every way.
1: Sub-mediocre. I mean, it looks stinky. It looks uh, like they don't have uh, anything to hold on to. You know, they're a good coverage team. I think in this matchup, coming at this time is is fascinating because if there's a coach that could try to replicate a similar game plan to what the Patriots did last week, it is Brian Flores and the, these Dolphins. If they do one thing well, I think it's mix-up coverages and be quick pretty coordinated back there and have a lot of talent, especially at cornerback. So I, I could actually see them slowing down the Bucks' offense. I'm concerned about the Bucks. You know, it's like every week we give like the Bucks' opponent credit for playing well. Right. At some point, I think you got to look at what's happening with the Bucks. not just that they've lost so much defensive personnel, but that the offense hasn't been quite as explosive the last two weeks. Uh, I I see them I see this game potentially getting a little gnarly if if they can figure out a way to move the ball on offense for Miami, which is a big if. But the Bucks are the biggest favorites of the week. I mentioned earlier how the Lions have, are close. Yeah. The Bucks are the biggest favorite. I don't know about that. I I kind of do give Miami's defense a little bit of credit that they might they might cause some problems. The Bucks are worrying me right now. I don't see them as like one of the five best teams in the league right now. Yeah. Just the way they're playing right now. I, I mean, I have them
0: at two in the power ranks. I, I, my kind of style when it comes to trying to figure out the landscape of the league is I always give a little more um, space and a little more juice to the defending champ uh, because these title defenses are tough and you you're, they're grinding it out. And at the end of the day, they're three and one still. So it's not like they're... They're in deep trouble. That New England game, was that was a naughty game. That was a tough one. You got to go on the road with all the fanfare and all the distractions, and then you're playing in the rain. You find a way to get that done. You get some luck, obviously, with the missed field goal. Um, but the thing that I think helps them here is their back end is on defense is all sorts of beat up right now. They're missing a bunch of guys. I don't know what Anton Winfield Jr.'s situation is, um, but they lost Carlton. Last week, and they have they can be taken advantage of. I just don't think the Dolphins are the team that can do it, and <laughs> no, I don't was think they tough watch last. They week. can't protect the quarterback. Uh, Brissett, I don't know
1: what's under the Gabbard zone because with because Brissett right now this year is averaging four point nine yards per. Yeah, game. it's it's the
0: it's the Jake Brisket zone right now. So and now Will Fuller just went to the IR. That guy's having a nightmare first season in Miami. It just feels like everything that Miami did so far leading into the season is not working out, whether um, it's their offensive line development, their quarterback situation, this wide receiver. Um, it was supposed to be the big leap forward for the wide receiver group. It's just not coming together and getting Tampa on the road. It just feels like the recipe for another it's the opposite
1: loss. of what you want in year three of their program. This, this is sort of the go year, and they're going backwards.
0: It's not what you want. The New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Saints broke Greg's heart. Sunday. There's nothing. There's two things that Greg loves more than pretty much anything else. It's the Saints winning, especially if when it's down there in New Orleans and everybody's partying and they just opened up the building for the first time in six hundred and thirty eight days to a full house. So the idea of the victory there, Greg loves it. And the other thing Greg loves, the Giants losing the big blue. The, the team that's been there old nightmares. narratives, old narratives, 2009, they don't die. They live on. So that the the, uh, the idea, Greg, that the Giants would beat the Saints in that spot, that hurts. And it hurts the Saints, who are two and two, had a chance to really build some momentum. Now they got to go to Washington. Uh, this is a tough one for me, Greg, because the the football team continues to struggle defensively. But Tyler Heineke at home, I, you know, he's making some things happen this year. And the Saints' offense, I don't trust it yet. This I think this is a close game.
1: I think the Saints' defense is going to be for real. But they need to get more of a pass rush. Cam Jordan, just not the same guy that he used to be. They haven't had Marcus Davenport on the field. He, you know, he won't be this week. On is still suspended. They have a lot of players, if you look at their roster, that should be coming back that are really good players like six starters, but they're not back yet. Uh, and I, I still think they'll be good in the back end, but they need to kind of take the training wheels off Jameis. I, they just got to gotta start trusting him a little more because he played his best game as a Saint last week. It was better than week one. Like He was dealing, and yet they were just run, run, pass, or run, run, taste him, or, and just trying to wait and squeeze that defense um and and count on the defense to win the game. I just don't think you can do that in in 2021. I'm not a believer in this Washington team, though. Yeah, At some point, they've shown us what they are, and what they are is a bad defense. Yeah, and the Saints offense, I mean, listen, they're 28th in total
0: offense. To your point, they're last in the league in big plays, which I believe uh, NFL uh, research deems a gain of 15 or 20 yards. I'm not sure. Do you recall that? 20. 20 yards. So they are not a chunk team. We know that, but this is the thing. I'm not saying 21 points is enough to win games uh in our league. Uh, but when you're up 21-10 in the fourth quarter and you're building, you need that defense to take it home. And of if you're going to if you're going and this is what we were talking about going into that game last week, if your new thing is we're built on our defense, and making Kamara a centerpiece and running the ball more and not making it a quarterback centric offense. Well, you you need your defense to close a game out. Mm. So this will be a this will be a test for them to bounce back from what was a, obviously a very disappointing. I,
1: I think Washington's the worst two and two team in the league. I think the Saints are a good two and two team. What about the Bears? Yeah. I put Washington even below them. Interesting. I see miscommunication in the back end of Washington every week. You know, they're a team that's supposed to be like built on defense. Like, show up. Like they're just they're just not there. I love the the matchup of Sean Payton versus Jack Del Rio. That's a mismatch. Sean Payton spent the whole week buying his team yo yo's. Well, I keep, come on, you're a grown man here. He's like buying <laughs> he bought his team eighty yo yos that's like the most baby boomer move ever, it's, by the way. It's a Bill Parcell's move. <laughs> he used to like put cheese up and say, like, don't take the cheese. And he bought everyone yo yo's and he's like don't be a yo-yo team. No, you have to find eighty no, yo-yos. No, 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 no. It's like no, you don't be no, a yo-yo right. coach. Like he was in his own head <laughs> last week. The crowd wasn't even that into it. Quiet, like sneaky, because they were just like, "What is this Saints team?" But I think it ultimately it is a tough team, and I think and this is a big why. message. And I that's knew why it. I'm locking there it, it up oh, yeah. There it is, Greggy. There it is, Greggy.
0: Greggy got a W last week in the lock game, and now he sees doubling down on the Saints. He still believes. I like it. All right, Taylor Heineke, fun to watch.
1: Taylor Heineke is living a charmed life, though. He is fun to watch, but just catch. You know, the defense is. He just gives other teams a chance every week. You gotta, you gotta take advantage when he does.
0: I I just love that that comeback. Uh, The just i don't know there is there is a frantic energy um fits magic style that i enjoy uh with heineke He's uh and
2: that presser of him like getting emotional about staying with his sister and brother-in-law was like so great and cute and it really made my heart happy oh
0: good i missed that i'll have to uh why don't you send it to me privately and we'll discuss it okay great moving on the chicago bears at las vegas raiders all right so the big news out of chicago um on wednesday is that justin fields is the guy going forward coach matt Nagy announced the fields will start for the bears moving forward uh you know this obviously is the right call they've They've kind of struggled with the situation. But I I guess what you could say, Greg, is that... Field showed you enough, and they made progress scoring touchdowns on those first two drives that you could say, all right, we, we're not going to get this guy killed. We got our pass protection under control. He needs to be the guy, and let's groom him. And and we'll see if it works, because guess what? David Montgomery, who is the engine behind their offense last week, is now out for multiple weeks with a knee injury. So that's a tough situation against the Raiders uh, front seven that can go get after it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a much bigger challenge this week, but there was no way you could sit fields after that performance. I I know they didn't ask him to do too much, but he also made some high-level throws. Like, he made three or four throws in that game that were like, whoa, seeing the deep accuracy. That's what his calling card is. I don't think he's like a Zach Wilson or a Lawrence, whereas a thrower he'll be up and down. His problem, I think, is just going to be holding the ball too long and like trying to make a play, and maybe that's not going to work. But if you can set up some schemed up plays down the field, like he can hit it, and uh, you got to give him more of a chance. I don't think the Raiders' defense is bad this year, but they're not great either. They're getting banged up in the secondary. Like this, you should be able to make some hay. And uh, you know, Bill Laser, he's back. He's back. It's back. good to have him in our life. That's good. The laser's back. Calling plays.
0: For the Bears. Matt Nagy doesn't want to talk about it. He told the media, I'm not talking about this anymore. All right, bro. That's fine. Laser's calling the plays, though. Um,
1: like, I thought about covering, uh, locking up this game for the Raiders, but then, I, you know, looking at that team, the problems they have, I feel like no game is going to be easy for them if you really look at it. Like, I feel like every game yeah. is going to come down to the wire. Their offensive line has they'll problems. Sweat. They, they don't really have a running game. I think they'll end up winning a lot of games and that they'll have to win this game, but I don't want to <laughs> be sweating it. I don't want um, to uh, Ricky, play Joey Bosa destroying Derek Carr uh, on
0: Monday night. Uh,
1: we knew once we hit him a few times, he really gets shook. And and you saw on, on CeCe's sack, he was pretty much curling into a ball before we even got back there. So um, great dude, great player. He's been having a great year. But we know once you get pressure on him, he kind of shuts down and he's not as effective with the with the crowded pocket. So uh, that, was, that was the key to it.
0: Again, back to the fraternity thing. I was talking to Trotter, Jimmy Trotter, our colleague at NFL Media uh, on the day before we left for London, and he was all hot. He was hot and bothered about it. And he was calling that this is the the, to see a uh, a player, the fraternity of the players come after a man's uh, and call him essentially soft is something you don't typically see. And I think it does get to it's not necessarily even a Bosa thing, but uh, people are never overly convinced by Derek Carr. Uh, so the fact that he had a stumble in a game where he was pressured on 43% of his dro- dropbacks and and wasn't uh, able to move the Raiders with regularity, a lot of people were like, yep, told you so, he's actually not good. There's always that element with Derek Carr and Joey Bosa just threw fuel on
1: that fire. Well, that he was saying what the players think. Now, I, mean, I want to know what the players think. Right. And this was Carr's reputation. I think that he earned... In previous years, I don't think he's playing like that now, but there were a couple drives early in that game where I knew what Bosa was talking about. If you watched the game, you did, where he did sort of give up, crumple on the play a little early, and the pressure was coming, but then he rebounded and played great in the second half, and he played great all year. Just to that
0: point, like... Go watch peak Peyton Manning and see what happens when a, a, a pass protection breaks down he threw the and there's ball. nowhere to go. He either throws it away or he was famous for doing that duck and slide. I'll take the sack. I live for another down. I don't think that's a sign of weakness. I think it's a sign of a quarterback that sometimes you just say, that's it. This play's dead and I'm going to take the L rather than get crushed
1: and mix, miss six
0: weeks with a separated shoulder. I, you know,
1: I, That's fair. I do love just the laconic... Delivery of Joey Bosa as he <laughs> destroys you because he was even tougher on the officials when talking about the officials. Just yeah, like that they, they should not basically have the right to live, but he just does it in this like, oh, you know, they, this official. I don't know what they're even doing out there. Like they shouldn't even have a job. And I don't know. There's just like something funny about yeah, the way I, that Joey Bosa does. It. And I that totally was the clip
2: that wasn't Greg. I, I just totally exactly. yeah, yeah,
1: that was great. I totally. Don't think we should take the fraternity of the players stuff so, so seriously. That's because you never played the game. They played football, but hey, you, you know, never played the game, bro. It's BS though, I because six you know years. who talked more trash than anyone all the time? Every player in the '60s, '70s, and '80s, <laughs> right. like before there was mass media, they talked mad I because know. they knew it was a game, and that's what you do—is you talk. About other players that you think are wimps, whether you're right or wrong, like that's like I you. want more of that. That's like be, you know being
2: in the broadcast world and like talking shit about you know another broadcast, right? Team. Right? Like you don't. You Greg's a don't, throwback you in a lot don't of ways. Do that. He's
0: just an old school, rugged <laughs> type dude. Don't do that. <laughs> that doesn't worry about feelings. Uh, no, I like it. Just like I like the Fangio thing. But I, the only thing that kind of was on my radar is because I do like I think Derek Carr is an underrated guy. I've been saying that for years. Uh, people were getting on the bandwagon the first three weeks after that hot start when he's averaging 400 yards a game. It's just so funny how people are quick to either jump off the bandwagon or you see another player kind of poke the bear by saying, yeah, this guy's actually not for real. There's something about Carr that bothers people. There's you're, just something about him.
1: You're right. And uh, they got to protect better for him because I don't think they protected well the first three weeks either. I think he's played really well despite that, but it's hard to go 17 weeks like that.
0: And I love the Raiders. Like I said, when they're in that building, the Raiders are a vibe. So don't trip over your own junk here against the Bears. Show us that you are indeed a legit playoff-level team in the AFC and beat the Bears, who have a good but not great defense and a rookie at quarterback. Go take care of business. Don't make this dramatic. Finally, I believe. (laughs) This has been
1: a long one. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sorry, everybody, if this feels a little too long. But, you know, you only get one show leading up to – Week five. So we figured we could let it breathe a little bit. Uh, And again, thank you to Neil Reynolds for joining us. Uh, The final game we'll talk about here is the Cowboys at home against the Gman. right after this Cowboys made news this week. Uh, Jalen Smith, who uh, was a linebacker. They drafted in the first round out of Notre Dame. Once upon a time, Uh, a lot of concerns when he came into the league about a, a foot injury, I believe it was, or was it a knee? Um, that I always get it confused, but Miles Jack and Jalen Smith both came into the league as highly touted uh, defensive players with a serious injury that are coming off. But uh, Jalen Smith came into the league, overcame the injury issue, got paid, got on a second contract, and then became um, marginalized in the Cowboys' defensive plans with the rise of other players. So they cut cut, uh, ties with Jalen Smith on Wednesday, releasing the veteran linebacker.
1: Very surprising because they were giving him. Who was the drop foot guy? Snaps.
0: Was Jalen a drop foot guy? Ricky. What Jalen was Jalen Smith Smith's was, injury uh, out of college? Just a blown out
1: knee. Blown that out I know for sure. Shoe? I'm not sure if Jack Who? was the drop foot guy. Who was the drop? He's foot had guy? a good career though, yeah. so it, it turned out to be, um, you know, worrying too much about those injuries. Either way.
2: The drop foot that plagued Dallas Cowboys linebacker Jalen Smith oh, there when he suffered nerve damage. I'm also, in the last game of his career. Foster. Ruben Foster.
1: Yeah. All right. Thank oh, you. Oh, it was a torn ACL and then the nerve damage that came with it. It was a whole bunch of stuff. The whole thing. But it was the nerve damage that was crazy. Um,. <laughs> What? This was such a. (laughs) Yeah, just the whole. This was such a (laughs) Dallas Cowboys moment, though, because Jalen Smith is a great guy. He was like a leader for their London at night, and they they gave him a huge second contract at a point when they absolutely didn't have to, because it was like a moment where the Cowboys needed some good news. I remember this; they were going through it, and. Jerry Jones then like calls this press conference to almost stop all the bad news from happening. And it's like, here's this great story, our developmental guy. And it was at Jalen Smith at a peak. Him and Leighton Van Der Esch. I remember Wes saying, like those two look like yeah. the new Bowman and Patrick Willis, like the, the linebacker duo. They give him all this guaranteed money and his play just declined almost like the minute the contract was signed. Uh, They still owe him a ton of guaranteed money this year uh, that they're going to have to pay him just to go away. But I think it was just an awkward situation because he didn't need to play that much, but he was like a leader, almost like a Cam Newton thing where, of course, they like like him, but it's awkward if your leader is like fourth on the depth chart at a a two-man position. So you get rid of him, and I think it just shows how good their defense is in a way because – Usually they're so desperate for any semblance of talent that you're like waiting through four years of Randy Gregory suspensions because you just need him. But right now they don't need it. They got a lot of defensive players. I'm 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 amazed by this Cowboys defense. They
0: yeah, they hit on Micah Parsons, obviously,
1: and they've hit on Trayvon Diggs, so that's back to back years. And they hit on Odigizua is a is a player and he was a third round. And how pick.
0: long have we been waiting for this? Um for the Cowboys who've always done well building an offense, but now to have the big name uh, young talent on defense. That's what makes them 10th in DVOA so, so yeah. far
1: this year. I don't know if they'll stay there, but they don't need Nobody to. had
0: them at this level. I mean, the diehard Cowboys fans, I'm sure, did. But I think everyone else was in a wait and see uh, mode with the Cowboys because they always kind of look good on paper. And then the season starts and it's like not exactly the way things play out. Uh, but, you know, this is going to be an interesting game because. The, the Giants are coming off a really, really nice win. A desperately needed win, obviously, after the 0-3 start. And what you saw from Daniel Jones uh, throwing for 400 yards against a, a good Saints defense without his top two pass catchers uh, or two of his top pass catchers in the lineup. And then more importantly, I thought this was the game where it's like, OK, Saquon's back now. Like, And I know um, coming back from a knee injury like that, maybe there's going to be peaks and valleys this season. But the fact that they just put it on him and when they needed a big play in the fourth quarter, Saquon gave it to him, 56-yard touchdown. When they needed to stick it in the end zone and not give the ball back to the Saints in overtime, again, it was Saquon that pounded it in and found a way. And you saw, especially after that touchdown, Greg, the one in the fourth quarter, how excited Barkley was. Like, he was a man on fire looking, and he ran straight to Daniel Jones at midfield and celebrated with him. There's some good vibes with I, the Giants I on I can't hate
1: this Giants team. You're saying I... I love seeing them lose but just show me some fun good football and then i like you i i think this is the best 1 and 3 team in the league i said last week they are the best 0 and 3 team in the league now they're the best 1 and 3 team in the league this is the best giants cowboys game i can think of in a while because usually they're just these boring games daniel jones is playing the best ball of his career kadarius tony is gonna be a guy that was big i i know he had all these issues and maybe he'll be he'll have more i don't know but his ex- first step explosion is insane. It's like Tyreek Hillish. I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill, but just first round pick. Figure out a way to get him the ball in space because my God, he was a factor. And then you combine him with Barkley and Galladay and Jones making really good decisions. I think they're dangerous. Their defense has played better the last two weeks. I think it's going to be a good game. The Cowboys. To me, might be the best team in the league, so I wouldn't pick against them in any spot at home. And that's home. why <laughs> they're actually a touchdown favorite. I couldn't even lock up the Cowboys, but guess what? I wouldn't even because I think this will be a close oh, game. Oh, it's eleven right now. What? Well, it's just with the with the Cowboys, everyone gets mad.
0: Like the greater football world, like uh, fans and media. But especially fans they like why do oh um, the Cowboys get too much coverage and like oh everyone calls them America's team they're not America's team look at they haven't even been to the Super Bowl in 25 years but what happens is whenever the Cowboys get good everybody goes crazy and people love it and that's why like I'm I'm not surprised that they're favored this much because but when the, the Cowboys are good people are push team. everything
1: to the center of the table Ty, Tyron Smith going to the Hall do of you Fame need your notes Playing great, no.
2: Greg's notebook fell down and I just looked in his trick and scratch and under was a madness. under the New York Giants-Dallas game, right under, the first thing says, so into this game, explanation <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh my God, that's amazing. There's a, what if you turn the page and it was just like, it was written over and over a thousand times, Ricky must lose the lock game. Yeah. Ricky must yeah. lose the lock game. <laughs> Ricky must lose the lock game. Ricky must die. Ricky yeah. must die.
1: I mean... Hall of Famer Tyron Smith. Hall of Famer Zach Martin. You're going to get Lyle Collins back. They're moving people. CeeDee Lamb, one of the most exciting young players in the league. Amari Cooper, shouldn't have gotten kicked out of the superstar club. Sorry about that. One-two punch Zeke (laughs) and Pollard, no better. Dak at the peak of his powers. Kellen Moore, you know, calling up plays. A fun, like, frisky defense with a defensive rookie there. What's not to like? Like, I don't know. There, to me, in an offensive league, I just would be stunned if they don't win twelve games or at least. Doesn't it also
0: feel like? And I know this feels like a different Cowboys team, but couldn't you see them tripping up here?
1: Couldn't you? Is I mean, it within the range team, of outcomes here? Even good teams, like if they go eleven and six, that's going to be five more disappointing Sundays to go. So sure, they it, they could lose this game, but I think in the long run. They will be fine. But in the even longer run of this show, I've realized we do have another game. Yes. Tennessee at Jacksonville.
0: The game everyone's talking. The reason why I was like, I was looking at my notes, my little sub notes, which isn't, there's no madness. It's just straightforward things that we should touch on. Urban Meyer uh, was written uh, down. And uh, yes, the Jaguars are 0-4. They lost a crusher on Thursday night to Cincinnati. And everybody knows the story we don't need to go through it exhaustively but urban meyer stays behind in ohio the team flies back without him and Weird. then he gets into a uh, he has a fun little night put it that way at his bar uh is caught on video which is just madness that you could be so i don't know if he was drunk or what but it's just like dude how can you not have the awareness uh to be out in public Uh, with a woman dancing up on you, it leads to him having a super, super embarrassing press conference, uh, super, super uh, humiliating situation where the owner's coming out and saying that our head coach, who we just paid a trillion dollars, has to regain our trust and respect. And even worse, the Mike Silver reporting, Greg, that, uh, we saw it on Twitter as a good silver thread. And I love a good silver thread. Everybody loves a good silver thread because he brings the melodrama of the NFL to the forefront. Just the, that he that he, Meyer canceled the team meeting on Monday, which is a really bad look as this fallout uh, from this incident was occurring. And then he had uh, some meetings with players who, according to uh, Silver's reporting, just essentially laughed the coach um, out of the building as soon as the door closed and he left the room because they don't buy his act at all. So that's that's a tough situation for Trevor Lawrence as a rookie. That is a dire situation for Jags management who have an 0-4 team and a high-profile coach under fire here with the Titans coming to town.
1: What a mess. Such I a mean, mess. Such a mess. Just be real. with like I think he thinks he, Urban Meyer can like get away with BSing grown men. And it's like you didn't get away with BSing your college players because they be like believed you and necessarily believed in all your team culture stuff. You got away with it because like you were their boss and they had no choice. And they still, on some level, they still have no choice. And Chris Long, who's played on a lot of teams and played on some championship teams and played on some really bad Rams teams, said if I'm a jaguar right now I'm my own CEO which is basically like every man for himself no one respects the head coach you got to you got to protect what you do cuz you're going to make your living off of it but like they've lo- they've lost any respect not because he had a girl dancing up on him but because of how he handled it after the fact and because of the fact he didn't take the team playing home which is not something I like am I know a lot about, but now I've heard a ton of ex players and a ton of people who covered the league talk about that. That's like unheard of that. A team would lose a Thursday night game and the coach would like, like, Oh no, I'm not going back with the team. I'm just going right, to like the, hang out in Ohio. That's the bigger, the bigger thing than having the girl. I don't, I don't um, know
0: if he was um, hoping like the players would never know about that, but they're all on the same team flight. And like, the whole thing—it's like all is, for
1: one, one for right, all, the coach for like, uh, nah. I'm gonna go uh, get wasted. The day
0: after the game, that Friday is an off day for the players, but the the coach is supposed to be back in the office grinding away. I don't think he understands the responsibility of being a head coach, and it's just—it's such a tough
1: situation when he's not bringing anything to the table that would make up for it. Like if you were seeing some Chip Kelly in year one type, like, ooh, he's changing the league. They're playing fast. It's like no, they're running some vanilla. Vanilla stuff on both sides, especially the defense is a tough, tough watch in Jackson.
0: And if you are a uh, uh, if you a fan of the Titans, like Ravedigger, uh, just thank your lucky stars here because you're coming off you had Jets, Jacksonville back to back weeks. I mean, you you penciled in back to back Ws obviously before the season. You somehow find a way to lose to the Jets in overtime. Uh, show up in this game and, and kick some butt and kind of get back on track. We are, we know the state of the AFC South. We know this feels like potentially a a nine win division champion uh, coming into play a nine and eight type season could get you the job done. So you have to take advantage of these soft spots, soft spots in the schedule. They didn't do it against the jets, do it against the Jags. I don't know what the wide receiver health situation is. They didn't have Julio
1: or AJ last week. um, But Quite. They they are not a great they are a bottom five team in the league, maybe, when they don't have those two guys. Yes, they're very one dimensional. And I mean it's a credit to both Tannehill. The offensive line is falling apart. I mean right. the Jets took advantage, but they're not the first team. Tannehill's taking more sacks than any quarterback in the league. Right. Tannehill I think is still playing well. Uh Derrick Henry is still Derrick Henry, but right now it
0: feels like a two man crew and it's just asking too much. But
1: Normally, I'd say this is a winnable game for the Jags if they were going to win one, a home game against the banged up Titans. But the bad juju here, uh, I don't know. And oh, by the way, if the Titans somehow
0: uh, lost in this game, and I can't imagine that they would, especially with everything that's going on around the Jaguars, that team is not going to show up ready to play. You wouldn't think on Sunday. Uh, Titans have home games against the Bills and Chiefs up next. So you better win this game.
1: All right. I mean, come on, Urban. What are we doing, buddy? What are we doing? If if you like are, for some reason enjoying this Urban Meyer downfall, perhaps you are a fan of. One of the Big Ten teams that he, sure, you know, would stomp on and kind of preen about it. Just go back to our off-season episode where I embodied Urban Meyer for an episode. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> um, with some foresight of of, the, of the big head uh, that you would did. maybe. Uh, Although you, take a, in fairness,
0: on on <laughs> our most recent show before this controversy, you also said you were starting to come around on Urban Meyer.
1: It so. was I was starting to say more like I was feeling bad for him, but now I don't feel as bad for. him. You know, oh man. Just, he just seems sad and it, it should, doesn't seem like he should be there. You know, we're hoping to
0: get Mark Sessler back on the other side uh, after London. Uh if you're tracking gogetmylunch.org. Two really fascinating potential uh sequences going on here. We have um, Mark has a coach will resign midseason. Ooh, it, it's in play. That is so in play. Absolutely. If this if the if
2: I forgot about that. If the
0: Jags are, you know, one in ten or 0 and seven and you know, there's some type of you know, behind the scenes uh, fallout between the coach and the owner and all that. That's absolutely in play. Uh, also, Mark has a cheerleader uh, will become a top story in the league. But now in classic Sessler fashion, I went back and looked at this the way Greg studies uh, Erica's locks.
1: <laughs> I just remembered one and, number. It's um, not that
0: hard. No, it's it's weird. It's a weird thing going on. Um <laughs> Uh, He did say NFL cheerleader. Mark always puts that one extra thing that he can't put in. But if by any stretch that blonde was an NFL cheerleader, we have this makes the Jets Browns lock, you know, look like nothing. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for it. I hope she was a cheerleader. If the blonde at the bar was an NFL cheerleader at some point. And Urban resigns and she becomes a big story. Storyline. It's all yeah. in play. That's all I'm saying.
1: That's all wow. I'm saying. All right.
2: Got some great stuff here, you guys.
1: Yeah. What time is it? Time. It's like 2 a.m. Time to go.
0: Time to go. All right. Thank you to everybody for listening. This is a supersized edition of the preview show. Ooh, two hours. We did it. Yeah. We finally did it. Two hour episode. Do we want to break this into two parts? No. no. All right. Well, you guys can break it into two parts. Take a listen <laughs> to the first hour. Take a break. Go grab a pint. Uh, maybe listen to the first of episode of,
2: of Split Ends that Colleen and I dropped yesterday. You that's know, good. Do a little palate cleanser. Yeah, and then come back and finish this.
0: That's nice. Yeah, that's a great idea. Split Ends with Colleen Wolf and Erica Tamposi, or maybe Erica Tamposi and Colleen Wolf. We'll see. How does it? How's uh, it? In, uh, cool. How's it in the? Uh,
2: Colleen. Colleen gets first billing for sure. But I got first billing on the car service today.
0: You did. So. Good
1: work. Thanks.
0: All right. So we're happy to be here in London. We're excited. Uh, uh, We have our live show, two live shows on Thursday night. Uh, So if you're in the area, come join us. And then you will see us uh, maybe out and about in London. If you're around here, we'll be checking out some of the local establishments, of course, and some of the quote-unquote official team bars uh, for the Falcons and Jets. And then on Sunday, we will be at the Big Tot uh, for Jets-Falcons. And check us out on Sky Sports if you're here in the U.K. and at home. We'll be back then on a plane Monday and hopefully with Mark Sessler uh, with us as well. So exciting times for us. Thank you for listening and uh, understanding, uh, you know, the bloat, sometimes just part of the process. (laughs) But we're doing our best. Thank you for everybody for listening. Uh, Dan Hans is signing off for Ricky Hollywood. Neil. That was a good job by you, Greg. Really straighten things out with Neil once and for all. Okay. And uh, the old boss. Till Sunday or Thursday night, come join us. Heed the call.